As the protests continue erupting in communist-controlled Cuba, the communists have finally had enough, and they have reportedly opened fire on what is described as a peaceful protest, actually killing somebody. There's a bunch of other very disturbing witness accounts, and there's a bit of hearsay. In one story, a man claims that his friend was calling him saying the police are rounding people up. They're secretly arresting people. They're beating people in the streets. And you know what? I got to say, I believe it. You know why? The Cubans shut down the internet so people couldn't spread the word. They arrested a journalist live on air while this journalist was giving an interview to a Spanish news anchor. If the people of Cuba really believed in their revolution, certainly the social media they would put out would be dramatically in favor of what was going on with the Cuban government. So why would they need to silence the people of Cuba unless it turns out the information coming out was desperate pleas for help as the police brutally cracked down on anybody who opposes their authoritarian regime? Well, we got that. We've got threats from Russia and China and Iran over U.S. potential actions in Cuba. Of course, you heard we talked about it last night. I believe we talked about it. The mayor of Miami saying we should potentially have airstrikes in Cuba. Mm-hmm. Man, this is escalating rather, rather, uh, rather quickly. And then you've got South Africa. Massive food shortages are only getting worse because of the widespread rotting across the country. I think the death toll may be over 100 at this point. I'm not entirely sure. There's another interesting article, though. MIT. Somebody predicted in 1972 that uh, by 2040, the economy, the system, society would collapse. And now they're saying we're on track for that. So add that to the list. We've got the fourth turning. We've got Thucydides trap. And now we got some MIT report. Okay, the apocalypse is happening. Well, we'll talk all about it. Joining us today is, of course, Jack Posobiec. Welcome, welcome, everyone. We are here for the fourth turning. We are going to document it in full. We're going to talk about <laughs> the axis of the elites between the CCP, the 1% of China, and the 1% of the U.S. forming a global overstate. Listening to what Biden was saying earlier today. I don't, I don't know if he said it today, actually. He, made it, he said it the other day, I think. He said it, it's not just the vote. What do you say? The votes don't matter anymore. It's who, who, who counts mm-hmm. the vote or something like yeah. that? Something like that. That's what he said. But you you saw that video? What, that quote yeah. that Stalin was accredited with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I saw the one where he was saying, you know, we've counted and we've counted. There's never been an election that was scrutinized more highly than this. And I'm like... Do you not remember the year 2000, Joe? Because I, I remember you going around for years afterwards saying Al Gore won the election. Al Gore won the election. He, he said this. And I remember I remember hanging chads. I remember the, you know, having the magnifying glass up. Did they fill out this bubble? Did they fill out that bubble? Well, perhaps they actually meant to fill out the bubble in between the hanging bubbles. Chads. Yeah. So, you know, like, I, no, no, no. no. We, we've had a very highly scrutinized election in the past, Joe. I, I just want to add something, you know, because a lot of people were like for the past several years when I would mention civil war. They'd be like, Tim, you're so dumb. Why are you bringing it up? Joe Biden is now repeatedly referring to the right as akin to Confederates, saying over and over again, we face the biggest challenge to our democracy since the Civil War. That's no joke. How many times has he said that now? Like several times? So uh, this is something that I've picked up. This is a rhetorical device that is not being used by accident by not just Joe Biden, but really his entire White House and the entire administration there. There is a reason that they keep referring to civil war. There is a reason they keep referring to their political opponents as the Confederates, who are essentially traitors, right? Traitors to the Republic, traitors to the Union in the, in, in the time. There is a very direct goal that they are seeking, not only uh, in the immediate term, right, in terms of the, the basic political win, but also they are in search of a crackdown. They are in search of they have a solution and they are just waiting for the problem to manifest itself. That's right. Um, They know they're hanging on to power by a thread. So they need 
a, an excuse for physical force, intelligence agencies, everyone to just shut it down and seize full control. But we'll, we'll get into all this. We got uh, we got Ian chilling. Yeah, yeah. That January sixth thing. I, I feel like their response was a little extreme, mm. and I and it's still they're still responding to it. They, they occupied Washington D.C. for months. Yeah, I was there. I couldn't park in my car. Yeah, <laughs> that's <laughs> creepy stuff that's going on, man. Crazy, crazy. Like, we don't even the, the, our capital was occupied by by military forces, and we don't even talk about it. It was earlier this year. Right? We don't even talk about. It. They, they only just point, took the fences down. Right? They wanted. They wanted. Crew served gun emplacements. Do you remember that story? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, right. They Pelosi actually right. wanted that, and I believe it was Pelosi who was saying yeah. that. Was saying we do? Do we need crew served guns up there just in ca- in case of what? Right. There was never any intelligence, and they would have them up there. And, and a few Republicans every once in a while, when Chris Ray would come up, and they would say, do, "Do you have any intel? Can you tell us what what the threats are? Can you tell us what's going on?" Now, interestingly enough, on April second, there actually was a terrorist attack. At the U.S. Capitol. However, it was conducted by a guy who was not a follower of you know, QAnon MAGA. or MAGA. No, it was a guy who was actually a follower of the Nation of Islam, Louis mm. Farrakhan. And by the way, he actually murdered a Capitol Police officer, the only Capitol Police officer <laughs> to be to be murdered in the line of duty since the 1990s. What, what was the date? Do you remember? I believe it was April 2nd, 4-2. So four I was, two. I'm calling it the 4-2. Yeah, we got to call 4-2 for now. That's two. my birthday. Yeah. 4-2, baby. All right, all right. <laughs> I, I was down the street. Let's, I was actually down the street when it happened. We'll, 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 we'll get into all that. We got, yeah. to, we got Lydia. That's your birthday? Alone. I'm here in the corner. Yes, it is Ian's birthday. Happy Sorry, birthday. Ian. Sorry. Thanks, that's Lydia. A, that's a bit of a downer, but yeah. We'll all right, well, <laughs> before we get started, everybody, go to TimCast.com, become a member. We're going to have a members-only segment coming up. After the show, usually it goes around 11 or so, but if it goes late, it goes late, you know, because we want to make sure we're getting you the best of the best at content. But uh, good news, it looks like our soft date right now is for a Monday launch of the new site, which you've probably seen. We've actually got some of the alpha articles already. You're going to see them tonight if you're watching on YouTube, and they look absolutely incredible. There's more to come. Your support at TimCast.com means we're, we're, we're taking over the media, baby. We're going to be hiring more and more journalists. We're going to be hiring fact checkers. I'm going to be creating a fact checking division. I've long talked about our plans for what we're doing with fact checking and it's all coming. So again, timcast.com, become a member. But don't forget, like this video, subscribe to this channel, hit that notification bell. All apparently that it does nothing, but hey, you know, do it anyway and, uh, share the content. Share this video, share this show, share it with word of mouth through links, whatever you got to do, and do it for all of the other shows you really like as well, all the other creators. That's how we overcome the censorship, unless or until they ban us. So sure, whatever. But let's uh, let's jump into this first story talking about communist Cuba is where it's, it's getting dark, man. Daily Mail reports, quote, the communists have lost control. First Cuban demonstrator is killed after police, quote, open fire on peaceful protest while anti-government reporter is arrested live on TV as unrest continues. Diubis Lorencio Tejeda, 36, died Monday in a suburb of Havana during a clash between protesters and police. Witnesses claimed security forces had responded to demonstrators with gunfire after they threw rocks. Social media activist Dina Stars was arrested live on TV by Cuban security forces on Tuesday. Cuban government launched crackdown on protest after large-scale demonstrations erupted on Sunday. Seems to be getting worse, man. I don't know. You seem to know a lot about communists, though, Jack. What's happening in Cuba? Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I funny enough is I always joke about this. So I spent almost a year right in Cuba when I was at Guantanamo. But 
because when I was there under the Obama administration, we didn't have a status force agreement. We still don't have a status force agreement between the U.S. and Cuba for, in terms of that. So we were not allowed actually out into the island, right? So we used to have these T-shirts that we, that we would sell on base that said, uh, here in Cuba, close but no cigar. Hey. Oh. Oh. Clever. <laughs> and, um, and so I've always kind of wanted to actually visit the rest of the island, but I got really into uh, just how Cuba works when I was there studying it because – uh, needless to say, let's just say that, you know, while I was there for, uh, the t- detainee operations, we also had people who were there from an intel side that were not paying attention to them. They were paying attention to the broader, you know, Cuba, the landscape there, the military, the politics. And, and of course, we actually had some communication with them, we would say across the fence, uh, just in terms of, hey, if there's, you know, because uh, it's very arid there on that part of Cuba yeah. because of the mountains. So, you know, uh, wildfires was a big issue, just like in California. So that's something obviously would affect both sides. So it just makes sense to kind of have a monthly meeting where we sit down and talk. Yeah. And you would. So what you're seeing now basically is, look, the Castros are essentially over. Right. Raul Castro has, you know, he's on his last legs. He's he's kind of cut ties. He, like, he abdicated the throne. Right. He's gone. He? He's yeah. gone. And so they know that this that the new leadership who, by the way, who is still on Twitter, verified and able able to tweet, <laughs> yep. right, throughout all, everything you just said, every, you know, cracking down on protesters, killing shooting them, pro- killing them uh, arresting journalists in the middle of the street. He is allowed to tweet, but Donald Trump, of course, is banned. Who is it? This this Cuban leader you're saying? The, the leader yeah, of Cuba right his, now? What's his name? Who is it? What's his, you know his name? I, 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 I forgot his name, man. Let's find out. The man of the hour. You said but, a status of force agreement, Jack. Is that something that the government will officially do with another government when they yeah. are going to have military that is going to be out and about? In right. The country? So, right. So you need some kind of legal. Uh, you you need essentially a legal purpose for being there. So uh, you look at a country where the U.S. has overseas bases uh, on a more normal with a country where we have more normalized relations. So talk about South Korea, Germany, Japan. Those are kind of like the three big ones. Also, uh, U.K. We have we have some people there and on a few bases. Um, and so you would have an essential agreement where, okay, we, we are not immigrating. We don't need visas, right? We don't need uh, any specific um, documentation other than the orders, right? And that's all covered under that status of forces agreement. So, um, you know, of course, and, you know, the, the sort of cynical view of that is like this is U.S. imperialism, right? Why does the U.S. need these all of these bases around the world? Why are they providing this blanket of, of international security? This is the way that Russia would describe it. This is the way that China certainly describes it, especially when it comes to uh, East Asia and that sphere. But this is that's the basic idea, that status of force agreement. And you'll also see this in terms of like, you know, if you're going over somewhere for a, uh, you know, an exercise, like we do exercises with with tons of, of, of militaries. And so the idea, or tons of countries around the world, Thailand, the Australia, et cetera. And so the idea is that you wouldn't necessarily need a visa to, to go because you're going on, on orders, going on mission. Is it the end of the world? <laughs> we got we got China China warplanes in Taiwan. We got mm-hmm. South Africa's collapsing. You got the revolt in Cuba. Haiti. Then you've got in the U.S. Haiti, Haiti as yeah. well. I the, mean, the, the dude gets it's, assassinated. It's, it's, yeah, it's like we we actually kind of drove past that. It's like it's, it's, you <laughs> no, know, it's funny. Right. The president of Haiti is assassinated, <laughs> yeah. and everyone just kind of says, "Ah, oh, you know, it's Haiti." It's well, Haiti. well, well. Actually, no. What happened was. The, the president of Haiti gets assassinated and everyone's like, whoa, what's happening? And then all of a sudden everyone turns because South Africa lights up, Cuba lights up. So look, man, fourth turning. 
It might not be a world war. What if it's a global economic collapse? Oh, it's, speaking uh, Miguel, of, Miguel Matt, Diaz Canel, by the way. Do you, yeah, Miguel I, I pulled him up. Yeah. yeah, I have a, Matt, I have a black Matt, rock right here. Oh, I got great. you a black so what, rock what, as well. Too. What you're oh, seeing, you. what you're seeing now is, by the way, it, this is a reformation of the global order, mm. right? This is a reformation because, mm-hmm. uh, for a variety of reasons, America, which as you know, as a, as I delineated before which had maintained that system. And you can see the military power, but also the economic power and the cultural power of the United States. All of those have become diminished over the past decade and really over the past couple of years. Now, uh, in, in the Trump years, you know, there was this sort of like sudden resurgence. People are saying, hey, is the U.S. going to go back to that position? But then that, you know, that that was basically usurped by by Biden. And so that that path seems to be closed. And now people are realizing they are going back into what the status quo pro ante was prior to Trump, which and the phrase I'm going to say, and you'll all remember it. This was managed decline. Mm -hmm. Right. We were told this again and again throughout the Obama years. The U.S. is headed toward a managed decline. And we were told they used all these technocratic phrases to sort of explain, well, this is just the way, you know, things are going and countries, you know, they they rise and they fall. And this is this is normal. And, and, you know, I believe in American exceptionalism the same way Greeks believe in Greek exceptionalism, et cetera, et cetera. That was the quote, famous quote from Barack Obama. Mm -hmm. So this is the idea. And I want people to understand that this is being done by policy. This is being done by decisions, right? Human decisions, human agency that's made on behalf of the people in power that have made this decision. They've made the decision to outsource, right, U.S. jobs, which is outsourcing our manufacturing base, which is outsourcing our wealth, all of the secondary and tertiary industries and businesses and communities that would have thrived off of that. I was actually just up in in Maine. Uh, we went up for the 4th of July and you know, it's it's great because you can go on the coast and there's all these sort of like old money cities and old money like beach towns and you go 30 minutes away and it's all uh, this post-industrial, just bleak societies where, you know, former factory towns with the factories yeah. gone and the, the workers, the families of the workers are all still there wondering, hey, what, what do we do now, right? We're still here and, you know, we, we'd like to stay in our towns, but we're just stuck. That it's all, it's all done through like – that. that's the interesting thing about policy. You can you can be an industrialist. You can run a factory, and through no like no fault of your own, the government decides they're going to put a pressure on your business that forces it to leave the country. So of course, it still comes down to the con- conscious decisions of a lot of these you know people who run these companies. But when they say something like we're going to increase the minimum wage, we're going to increase the corporate tax, then we're going to do a free trade agreement for factories outside. Yep, it's impossible to compete. Let's say you make, uh, uh, Ian, you, you gave me this little, was it obsidian? That is obsidian, is volcanic glass. This is obsidian? Yeah. Wow, it's that, and, and how do they, they file it to this? Alright, they polish it. Let, let's say, Ian, you, you have yeah. a, you have an obsidian factory it. and you make these fancy little obsidian now stones. Now we're talking, alright. And you operate in, uh, Hawaii. New, New Jersey. Oh, New Jersey, okay. New Jersey. And then they announced. Volcanic New Jersey. Yeah. Well, they import all the volcanic rocks, you know. Naturally. So, so they, they announced oh, okay, they're gonna okay. be raising the minimum wage, raising the corporate taxes, and at the same time, free trade agreements with manufacturing from That's China. That's too much for my company. And to you handle. and you say, you know what? My workers deserve fifteen dollars an hour. Well, I do so I that. I gladly accept the cost increase, and I should pay my fair share in taxes. All right. So you go over the numbers and you say to pay everyone fifteen dollars an hour and to pay a twenty percent tax, we're going to have to charge five dollars for every beautiful obsidian stone. No problem, right? Then all of a sudden, you go to Walmart and there's China stone. For three dollars, and you say there's literally no way we can make the obsidian stones for three dollars. 
well, China has slaves and they can import these products for free with no charge. So your company goes out of business because it's impossible to compete with the free, the slave labor that China uses. And understand, right? This was the idea. This was actually the plan all the way back before when, and, and funny enough, right? Prior to Occupy Wall Street, what was the big, you know, I talk about Antifa a lot. I wrote the whole book about Antifa. Um, what was the big sort of Antifa moment, right? It was the Battle of Seattle, 1999. Yeah, WTO. And the WTO, and it was all about who getting into the WTO. It was all about China getting into the WTO over slave labor. And that was Antifa, right? Protesting against <clears throat> China and violently, very yeah, violently rioting against were, China getting into WTO. Those were Gen Xers. So a, a big thing at play here is Gen X was protesting at the battle in Seattle in 99. And they were flying Tibetan flags. That was second yeah. wave Antifa. Then, second, then, yeah, exactly. Uh, I, I wouldn't call them Antifa. They, they were, they were anti free trade. Like it was, it was, it was, it was more classically liberal in a lot of ways, but they were leftists. And then 10 years goes by and you get a little bit more than 10 years, 12 years, you get Occupy Wall Street. What's that? Millennials with some Gen Xers who were at the WTO, but many right. of those Gen Xers, the WTO moved on, had families, got jobs, and they're gone. Now the millennials come in. It's been 10 years since Occupy Wall Street. 10 years, isn't that crazy? It'll be 10 years in two months. Nine, nine, uh, September 17th, 2011. Zagati Park. That was nice. Now it's Gen Z. People who are 10 years old during Occupy who have no idea what it was about are now in their 20s, entering their 20s, and they're voting for people, and they know nothing about the Obama administration. That's why I talk about the Federal Reserve like a chicken with my head cut off on this show, because we got to teach these people about what is what is at least part of the root cause of social disorder right now. And it's I think it's the the privatization of our monetary supply. Bro, look, you, Jack talks about the plan, the WTO in 99. Uh, again, right? this, is, but, like, but, this, this but all they, goes back to it, man. So but but it's, it's, it's as I explained how you, you think that Joe Biden doesn't know what he's doing. He's called for those three things specifically. We're going to raise the minimum wage and we're going to increase corporate tax so they pay their fair share and then free trade agreements. And you wonder why all those things come together. It's to make sure you can't run your business. Now, here's the thing. These people who were 10 years old during Occupy Wall Street weren't even alive during the battle in Seattle, during the WTO stuff. Right. They, now they, they don't know any of this. Now all they know is they're growing up and the system is broken and the government should give them free stuff. And when you try to explain to them, dude, it's Biden. He's been doing this for 50 years. They go, shut up, fascist. Did you see that they're going to be giving families $300 per kid? Yes. For, until they're 18 child, years child old. Child tax credit. This is how we afford this. How We, we can't. How, so they're just going to print more money. Bro, have you seen the consumer price index? What, what was the percentage it said? It's like five point something. It's going up. Right. Gas is up 45%. It's insane. Biden inflation. Biden inflation. Biden inflation. We're going to, we're going to, it's, it's. It's, you know, they, they call it, what do they call it? Uh, uh, massive monetary theory and modern monetary, mo- modern monetary yeah. theory, modern monetary theory, but it's not modern monetary theory anymore. Now it's modern monetary practice, right? It's we can spend forever. We can spend indefinitely. We can, and wh- when you hear the Fed say, oh, we're going to, we're adding to our balance sheet. We're adding to the Fed balance sheet, <laughs> right? Right. Well, that means you are taking on debt, which means when you're taking on the debt, you're issuing what? You're, you're issuing loans to banks at the highest level, right? The reason that they are doing this is because they want all of you, they want millennials, they want Gen Z to become a renter class, right? You, right. They you will want own you, nothing. you'll own nothing. They, you will live in the pod. You'll eat the bugs, right? <laughs> they, you will own nothing and you'll be happy, right? That doesn't mean that no one owns everything, right? Someone is going to own something. 
Someone, and that someone, as we're finding out now, is going to be Wall Street. That's going to be BlackRock. It's going to be Blackstone. It's going to be these massive companies that are coming in now and purchasing what? Real estate. So your landlord, right? Let's, you know, we know how much Antifa loves corpianism. Right? Yeah, exactly. So you have corpianism where these corporations from Wall Street are now controlling the land. They're controlling your real estate. They're, if you want to go out, and so, and this is the amazing part of it because rent's just going to go up. And so who's paying for those loans? The renter is. You are. You are going to be a Russian serf. Look how brilliant the whole college plan was. Everybody must go to college. Mm-hmm. Two things happened when they went to college. They took on massive debt they can't pay back and they can't declare bankruptcy on. And they got indoctrinated with psychotic, you know, cult BS. They told everybody to take it on. At the very least, if they don't indoctrinate you, they make you an indentured servant. Yeah. Now they're buying up all the houses. So if you want to live somewhere, they're going to say, but you got to pay us rent. Hey, we're a private company. If you want to live in my house, you got to pay the rent. And then when you give them problems, they'll say, we're raising your rent. Oh, no. And you get kicked out. It and is. So where are you going to go? How are you going to how are you going to have any type of wealth formation? If you don't have wealth formation, how are you going to uh, support a family? God forbid. And if you do somehow manage to be able to get married, to have a couple of kids, how are you even going to be able to generate enough wealth to pass something on to them? So you create into something the left I used to talk about all the time, generational wealth, right? Dude, you are not going to be able to do that with the negative interest rates the way they are now. This is all done by design and the manufacturing. Where does it go? It goes to Asia. Why? Because they don't have our labor laws. You have you have slaves, essentially slave labor in China, in Xinjiang with the Uyghurs that are building all this stuff so they don't have to worry about them. They're not getting the wealth. The wealth is going into the 1% of China. And who is that? That's the CCP. And this is gets back to my earlier point before when when we talked about the Battle of Seattle, when when people were talking about putting uh, and this was this was Clinton, right? This was Clinton putting China into the WTO and then later Bush 41, Bush 43, Bush 41 talked about this. Of course, the response to Tiananmen Square, he said, well, we're just, we just need to bring China into the global order. That was what was said again and again and again. People were saying Tiananmen Square, they're, they're crushing students the same way that people are being crushed, the protesters in Cuba right now. Bring them into the global order. Bring them into the global order. And they'll become more open. They'll become more socially liberal. They'll become more transparent. No, it was the exact opposite that happened. But I, but I, I think we it, became more authoritarian. But I, I think we were always more authoritarian. I think you just can't do it instantly. So look at what's happening now with what Joe Biden's saying about civil war stuff. I mean, the, the way he's describing people on on one six, the insurrectionists, the Confederates never breached our capital. Come on, man. And then you hear what he talks about the the, the, the FBI saying snitching your neighbors. You, you, we're hearing that Joe, more and more. Joe and more. Biden wouldn't have to. So th- there's there's that refrain too that I believe people will say that you know if if the situation were hopeless the propaganda would be unnecessary. Mm-hmm. Joe Biden's not going to Philadelphia, not going to you know where I'm where I'm from, and giving a massive speech standing across you know, the Constitution Center is down across Independence Mall from in the actual site of the signing of the Declaration and the Constitution. He's not going to give a speech like that from a position of strength. That was done from a position of weakness. That's because the contradictions are accelerating too fast right now. The Hegelian dialectic, which the left used to move forward, they used to progress with, is happening too fast. And not enough people are able to keep up with it. That's why they realize that their critical mass is falling apart. You mentioned on Twitter 
that uh, I don't know I don't know uh, how how much you've confirmed this or not, but that there was a plan to put together a list of oh, yeah. extremists oh, that yeah. the insurrectionists followed on social media. Can you can you tell us about like, what, what is that all about? So the reporting that I've got on that so far it comes from a high level White House official who's sending me this stuff and is saying that the it's actually being driven by three people right now: Chris Ray, Nancy Pelosi, and Chuck Schumer. And uh, Ron Klain in the White House is going along with it. Jill Biden is going along with it. And for the time being, Joe Biden is going along with it. I haven't actually been able to confirm whether or not Kamala is for or against this. But what it is, is they're going through the Jan 6 uh, defendants and they're trying to cross-reference everybody from that in terms of their social media and come up with kind of like a top 10 or a top, I haven't been able to confirm how many it is or how far it's going, but find who the top people they were following on social media was. And then the, those of those people, and I said, well, what is there? Are you, are you going for the actual people who are saying storm the Capitol or uh, commit some act of violence? No, 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 no. They're going for the people who are say, who were trying to just say, hey, show up on January 6th because the president is going to give a speech on the South Lawn at the Oval. It's going to, at, at well, the they're, Ellipse. they're specifically putting lots of people who said, come to DC. Come to DC. Interesting. Yeah. So if you promoted that event, which of course was a speech from the president of the United States, right? This was not the thing that happened afterwards. Then you are essentially going to be put on this thing. And then you are going to, this is going to be said now and go with the report in Bloomberg. Right. Bloomberg is saying that Mike Lindell, of all people, because he had that comment about August and everything Mm -hmm. that they're saying we're now tracking to see whether or not people commit violence. This is FBI in Bloomberg saying we need to be careful about August because we think that there will be extremist attacks (laughs) because Mike Lindell, who sells pillows, right, um, is is talking about August. And so August might be a key date for the extremists. I got to tell you, man. there's a lot of people who want to want to show optimism. I, you know, we got Steve Bannon and Michael Malice who have both said they've been very optimistic. But what we're watching, I mean, it tracks very similarly to the rise of any authoritarian regime of the past several hundred years, and it doesn't look like we're getting our get, we're gonna we're gonna walk out of this one. It looks like we're gonna be underneath the boot on this one. So the question always comes down to that critical mass, right? It it. Will there be some kind of conflict? Probably. Hopefully that it will be a political conflict in terms of uh, it's done through words, it's done through elections, and we can steer clear of anything beyond that. Um, that being that being said, though, I do think there's a reason that Joe Biden keeps talking about civil war. Again, there is not a day that goes by that you do not hear someone from the White House saying the phrase civil war or making some kind of reference to it. I go back all the way through. Well, why? why? From they, they want it to happen or what? I, I believe they're trying to call their punch. I, I believe they're trying to call their punch. What do you mean call their punch? They want This is what I was saying before. They want to be in a position where they can crack down. They want to be in a position where they have some kind of inciting event, right? You know, in, in, in narrative fiction, they shot talk her about around the inciting the world. event, right? They want to shot her around the world. They want something terrible like this. And you can go, by the way. So they um, can stop Trump. They can stop the so midterms. They can stop, they can stop 2024. And beyond that, they want to stop the populist movement. They want to shut. Look, ever since the Internet really kind of came out and then Internet 2.0 with the rise of social media came out, um, it became a very big problem for the people who said who used to be able to just control the narrative, right? None, none of this could have happened in the '90s, by the way. And so, for the you know the Gen Z types out there who are watching this, saying, "Oh, well, I, I you know I don't remember any of that Battle of Seattle, etc." In the '90s, there were like five TV channels hmm. and a couple of newspapers, and yeah. if you wanted to control the narrative, it was very easy. That's why 
you know, I think for a lot of people who are younger, um, Iraq WMDs, that was kind of like the last, you know, the last sort of time where it worked, where just a lot of people said, well, you know, the government says there's, there's WMDs in Iraq. I mean, I guess we got to, but everybody was saying, everybody's saying it. There's no, right. Because those other voice, I mean, you might be able to find like, uh, you know, a certain AM radio host, uh, who was around at the time, um, who, who would probably be speaking out against that, but that was probably it. Right. There was no other form of mass media. We don't even use that phrase anymore, by the way, mass media, because everybody had, through social media has the capacity to be mass media. Think about that. That's an interesting, interesting. point. Yeah. Everybody, all you need is this, and you can be mass media. You know, we, we do that new vlog. We, do a lot of, we use a lot of our phones to film it. People probably don't realize. We have good cameras, and then we just use phones. I, I always say the, the greatest journalist of 2016 was uh, Zdenek Garza. The guy who was a firefighter on his day off on 9-11 who decided to go to the memorial and then got that video of Hillary passing out <laughs> oh. when everybody in the world said that it wasn't happening. But what did he do? He had the wherewithal and he had the mental preparedness to say, I'm going to turn my camera. I'm going to film this. And then, right, and this is this is the spark of just, just history. This is the spark of the turn of history. I'm going to upload it to my Twitter account. And then some, and you only had a couple thousand followers, but it was enough yeah. that it generated more and more. And then it became, I, I really do think that was the day she lost the election. You're saying that they want to call their punch and think about everything Biden's been doing. It's not just saying civil war over and over again. It's that, you know, the, the FBI comes out and says, you're in a position, catch the extremists and your family and your friends. You've got the FBI saying white supremacists are the biggest threat. They're saying these things over and over and over again, even though it's not backed up by any real data or any real news. Because you repeat the lie enough, people start to believe it's true, but they're planting the seeds. Right. And then so if, if, you've if, also got, if, and if you can it, see right. this in, in the, the documents that are coming out from DOJ and all this, they, they've got people in Facebook chat rooms. They've got people right. in telegrams. They've got informants all over the place. Uh, it just came out. BuzzFeed, of all people, BuzzFeed just said that the Michigan plot had 12 FBI informants wow. yeah. involved. Out of what, in 17 it. people? Holy. Right. <clears throat> right. 12 what? FBI informants. <laughs> so here's what happens. A year from and that's, now, that's BuzzFeed. That's not like, you know, a year from now, something happens and they'll be like, see, we told you. Yeah, right. Like a year goes by and they're just waiting like any one day and these 365. It's, it, it's it actually, you know, I'll, I'll put it this way. I'll put relative. it this way. Um, uh, do you remember the Simpsons episode where uh, Homer, had, it turns out he hasn't paid his taxes, so they ask him to go undercover on his friends. <laughs> yeah, and right. then he, so they, they put a wire, wire on him, yeah. and, it's, and it's like like this huge box under his shirt, and he go, he's walking around Moe's, and he says, he says, so, you guys committing any crimes right now? <laughs> and, and they're like, they're like, Homer, do you mean like the time that you were counterfeit, <laughs> yeah. that you were counterfeit, trying to counterfeit money? And yeah. Moe's like, no, <laughs> I, I mean like stuff that involves you, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know, that time, know. like, and then they start, they, they give more examples. Yeah. And, like and, and, it is, and I think Mo has like uh, a killer whale in the back room or something. <laughs> oh and all these like, these like Japanese guys. And he's like, he's like, get rid of it. Get rid of it. Get out of here, guys. Get out of here. Right? That's what the Democrats are doing. Right. So that that's, I mean, it, it you know, and, and it's, and I laugh, but it's, it's, that's kind of what's going on right now you know, is that you, you have a solution in search of a problem. By the way, this is something that I saw in the intelligence community um, when I was in there. That as the war on terror was wound down, you had all of these, you know, they would say capacities, right? You had all of these teams, you had all of these special operations forces, you had all of these super high powered intelligence programs, collection programs, all designed to what? Protect America from terrorism, right? But as the war on terror is winding down, you have all of these toys, right? 
and yet you don't have any authority to use them anywhere. So you have to say, well, and you have all these people who have joined saying, hey, I need to defend the country. I've been told we have all this Gucci hardware, these Gucci programs. I've gone to this training. I've gone to that training. What do you mean I can't go kick down some doors? What do you mean I can't go after somebody? I've got to go after someone. There's got to be somebody out there, right? When you be, when you are a hammer, you view everyone as a nail, right? And so you have a supply and demand problem when it came to what? Terrorism. And now they are trying to turn that on its head and say the biggest terrorism threat is not overseas anymore it's right here behind every blade of grass but i think that has a lot to do with the midterms and with donald trump running again they will they will by any means necessary stop republicans and trump from winning that's a lot of collateral damage yep you think that they would do that right now they have they're they're hanging on to power by a hair they have the senate only by the tiebreaker vote and they have what 11 votes in the house i think so it's they, close, yeah. It's close. So 2022 comes up. I mean, look, we saw Republicans mm-hmm. win safe Democrat districts in, in, in 2020. This could be the Republicans taking back the House. And as I've said, the Republicans, they won't, but they should immediately impeach Joe Biden for all of the, like, we, look, if they could impeach Trump over a phone call with Ukraine, we got way more than that about Joe Biden with Ukraine and Mexico and all the other garbage he did with his son Hunter. But the Republicans get that House. They can start filing subpoenas. They can do what the Democrats did. Now, the Democrats aren't going to let that happen. Not to mention the Republicans probably wouldn't do it anyway because they're really, really weak. But the Democrats don't want well, to that lose kind power. Of, that all depends on which Republicans end up winning these primaries. That's, That's why true. the primary fight is so big right now. Is And you look at some of these states, not only in the House races, but in the Senate races, where – because Republicans know they have a very good chance of taking back the Senate. Uh, that's why you've got stuff that's heating up in Missouri, in Arizona, in Ohio. These are all places where people either look at it as a potential Republican pickup or a – you know, you've got a Republican that's leaving. Uh, Wisconsin may or may not with Portman. We're not sure. I know he said that he's he's not going to run again, but actually – I don't know if I'm, I'm like breaking news here, but he's – that he may actually uh, run for reelection in Wisconsin, but, um, and you've got strong candidates, right? You know, and people are, you know, I'm constantly getting people to say, hey, Jack, take, you know, you should take a side with this guy and take a side with that guy. And I said, look, I, I think there's a lot of strong candidates. Um, and I think I hear a lot of people saying the right things, just, just like you're saying that you've got younger Republicans now who are stepping up saying, look, I don't want to just win to say that I won the race. I want to be in charge uh, in the Texas governor's primary. That's why Abbott is, yeah. is facing some of this stuff because they're saying, and Abbott, I, I actually, you know, I, did, I, you know, not a Texan, but I never, I never thought of Abbott as some kind of rhino. But now you've got people going up against him saying, how come you didn't pass an election law a decade ago? How come right. you didn't pass this law back then? If in the midterms enough right populists win and displace neocon and establishment Republicans, then they might actually start doing stuff. Imagine if every seat taken is by a Marjorie Taylor Greene or a Lauren Boebert or a Matt Gates. Right. So this then is something. This is something where you know I've got to give credit where credit's due. You look at the DSA, the Democrat Socialists of America, and the way the squad kind of rose up out of the DSA and rose up out of their sort of talking points. It's almost like what they did is they created kind of like. Um, how Major League Baseball has their has the minor leagues, right? They, it's it's sort of like a farm team where people can compete, people can move up their way up, the, up in the ranks, and then as they get up into Congress, they then are beholden to all of that stuff that they had to go through when they came up through the DSA. Well, the right doesn't have anything like that. The right has has no organizations like that whatsoever uh, that may be changing. But from this point on, it's just more like it's kind of more of a free for all. But I do see that as a potential model for people on the right or for just people who are populist in general to say, look, we are going to have our own organizations that are 
maybe have a tenuous affiliation with you know one side or the other but what they really serve to to do is to credential people is to bring them up through the ranks is to give you know kind of like put them through the ringer you know here and there and then when it comes to actually running we are going to say okay i know who this person is because i knew them from you know all those years so let's go back to you know what the democrats are doing what were the Biden administration specifically targeting people with this terrorism i think it's because that's the point if if enough strong Republicans, young, energetic, and populist Republicans get in, they're going to have tremendous power in the House. That could be very, very disruptive to the very flimsy amount of power the Democrats are, you know, or, or flimsy thread they're holding on by. So how do you stop it? Well, you continually say that the Republicans are insurrectionists. They're the, they're the problem. They support Trump. This proves it. And they try and do everything in their power to use the government to go after those who might actually upset their power. They want to solidify their power and control. They need one more Senate seat to actually firmly have the Senate. So they're going to demonize in every possible way. And there's a lot of people I know, and you guys probably know people like this, who are just really dumb, don't care about politics, hear it in the background on CNN, believe it. Yeah. Unfortunately, yes. And they vote. It is sad to me. So you think that they're the Democrats are going at this politically, like if we can suppress this this insurrection then we'll stay in office and retain power but that there's also like a global organization uh that wants to buy your stuff so that it can rent it back to you that's using this opportunity well there's international interests certainly who want to own things and make money off it i i think of it more like um a fire you know or rot it's not like there's one guy who's twirling his mustache going yeah like klaus schwab everyone assumes he's you know, he's influential for sure. And a lot of these wealthy people, George Soros, are influential, but it's applied pressure. Enough powerful people want a similar thing and they're applying pressure in a similar direction. And so the fires of that elitism keep burning. So if you have, it's, it's, it's like if, if you have 10 people in a country and they're all wealthy industrialists and seven of them are communists, well, they're going to keep funding communists, not together as a conspiracy, just because seven of them are communists. Eventually then, the people who have food and money and are reproducing are communists. And then the three who support the capitalists or the free market for enterprise people, they don't have as much success. So then the culture becomes dominated by communism. It's part of the problem of doing nothing. They say if good men do nothing, that's like worse than evil itself. It's because when you do nothing, then kids are born and they're raised in an environment where psychosis is the norm, like occupation of Iraq and Afghanistan. And so they think it's okay. Like they're twisted, these no offense if you were born after the year 2000, but <laughs> if you didn't see what happened on 9-11 and if you didn't read the evidence about that in the years afterwards and, and the weapons of mass destruction and watch the, the, the slow lies. decline into occupation that the United States has become, it was terrifying. It was disgust. It was revolting. And it still is. Let's, let's, let's talk about where we're at in ter- uh, externally, right? So it's not just the Democrats are, are terrible with domestic policy. Let me show you the story we got right here from Newsweek. Russia, China, Iran warn U.S. must not intervene in Cuba. That's right. Don't you dare United States intervene in Cuba because Russia and China and Iran have have said so. Because Russia would never intervene in Cuba. Oh, for sure. There's, for there's sure. No remember, history of that. remember when the U.S. surrendered to Iran? A couple two, about two years ago, hmm. some small ships were forced to surrender so, to Iranian gunships. Yeah, um, I was in the Navy the day that happened, and. Seeing that image of my, my fellow sailors in, in the same uniform that I, no, I was, I was in, um, in the Pacific when that happened. They were in the Gulf and 
we we were serving in similar communities, put it that way. So I, like I, you know, they were I was like one degree moved from some of those guys, and at that time, you know, we were still at at on edge with North Korea. We're certainly always on edge with China. Um, it would not have taken much to see people I knew or you know various missions to you know kind of see myself in that position and thinking that you know that image right of american sailors on their knees with their hands behind their head to iran of all countries to iran and to not have a secretary of state and a president who are immediately getting on television or picking up the phone and saying well this was trump like, no 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 that was, was obama that was, was obama 2019 was when we had the surrender when which surrender are you talking about uh, i'm pretty sure it was two years ago there, i'm talking about the one in 2016 what was what happened in that one that you're 2016 about? that was the one where they were held for a couple of days in Oof. in the gulf um and they actually were on their knees hands behind their heads and is the one where you were in the mediterranean tim oh no you're right you're right 2016 yeah that I was, was that was, okay. was january yeah. 16 you're right wow um what, what was and, the story by the way were they sailing too close out of international waters they went to iranian so waters so there is an island called farsi island in that's essentially in the middle of the gulf which so the the gulf is split right now right so there's there's um international waters but then when you get into uh what a country is called in their economic exclusion zone that would essentially be considered uh, uh iranian waters however this island it, which is in the middle is an iranian island so they have sovereignty over that so there is an ez around that island as well and uh, their ship, I believe in the official report it came out they actually ran out of fuel because the the junior officer on there did not didn't actually calculate the fuel that they would need for the journey. They were going from wow. uh, the northern the northern Gulf all the way down to Bahrain, and uh, they didn't compute it correctly, et cetera, et cetera. Right? It's supposed to be the swing, and then you go around the island, run out of fuel, drift into the waters, get picked up. They say, "Hey," and they say, "Hey, you're you're invading our waters." And they say, "Oh, excuse me, this is just you know it's a big mistake. It's huge understanding. Nope, this is this is a U.S. invasion." But you look at the response now. This is why when you when you said it was Trump, I said no, 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 no. If this was, imagine Trump on Twitter, right? If <laughs> if the IRGC, right, right, right. if the Iranian Revolutionary Guard had picked up some of our sailors and even had even considered getting close, right? We are. This is Trump, by the way, who actually did just straight up murk an Iranian general, like the leader right. yeah. of of their um, of their force, the Quds Force, which is like their. It's kind of like their SEAL Team Six in many ways, uh, but but far beyond that because they're terrorists as well. Um, Obama, I mean, it was you, like you, we're, what, we're so sorry. We're so sorry. What do you think the response from this administration has been following uh, these threats from you know communists? I mean, Iran, you know, Russia and China, sure. But uh, what did Jen Psaki say? She refused. Jen Psaki refuses to admit communism is the reason behind Cuba's freedom protests. And Joe Biden, others in his administration said it was about COVID. They won't actually confront the issue. They they won't actually speak to the, the public. Honestly, about what's going on in Cuba. So th this is actually They're scared. They're this scared is actually a situation China. where, uh, you know, Biden, who you know, and I, I'll give him some advice. I don't think he'll take it, but if he wanted to be smart, this is a chance where you could stand up for U.S. leadership for the. This is Monroe Doctrine. This is excuse me. This is the Caribbean, right? This is nowhere near China. This is nowhere near Russia. This is our backyard. You don't tell us what we're going to do here. Right. That's not how this works. Right. You could have that. And that, by the way, that, that used to be U.S. policy going back. Democrats, Republicans, that was not a partisan issue. That was we. Yeah. Yeah. We are going to pay attention to what's going on in our backyard. 
because it is in our national strategic interest to do so, right? Because that actually matters. That's why Guantanamo Bay is our oldest overseas um, institution, our overseas military installation that we have since 1898. Right? I've actually walked those trails uh, wow. where, the, where the Rough Riders went in, um, a lot of that base. You know, you can actually see, you know, kind of walk through the battles that took place during the Spanish-American War. Uh, it's kind of amazing just to be able to walk in those footsteps. But, you know, for him to not just stand up for being the leader of the United States and act like a great power, right? It really goes to show you that how much that, you know, it's, it's almost like the, you know, Biden's personal decline almost parallels the way that he's putting America on the path to decline. You know, this, this, this here's the, here's the analogy I use. It's like uh, the dad who gets bossed around at work and is feeble. So he go home, he goes home angry and beats his wife because she can't do anything about it, right? Mm. Not strong enough to stand up to those who are actually causing us problems. The Biden administration has a really easy time of condemning its own citizens. The 75 million people voted for Trump. They're the bad guys. But Russia, China, and Iran, oh, better, 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 uh, you know. Right. They, they, if, right. If you were if you were walking around the wrong place of the Capitol at the wrong time. And, you know, I say this as somebody who was was physically there on Constitution Avenue watching as, as this all took place. Right. You know, I knew and I said this on air on One American News at the time. I said there are going to be people showing up a quarter of the way back or a third of the way back. They are, have no idea. They're just going to walk up and see an open door and say, oh, I guess I guess this is open. I, I guess they're or someone's holding the door open. I, I, holding it open. I guess I can just walk in. Right. You can be held without charge. You can be held, and, and by the way, held for, for peacefully, and it's essentially trespassing, what it right. was doing, right? right? None, of the, none of the rhetoric actually matches, in many cases, with the charges that are, being, that are going on. But you can be held without bail, which is a complete gross violation of the Constitution. You can, be, you, can have your, you can be fired from work. You can have your, your personal funds and your banking or debanked. All, all that stuff's going on. Entire family in Texas was just arrested. And I've, I was looking through the charges. There's not even a, including a minor, a minor member of the family was arrested. No violent acts whatsoever. So that's Joe Biden when it comes to his own citizens, right? His own constituents. And so we have a really interesting situation right now where it almost feels like he doesn't treat those people as if they are citizens of the United States and he is their president, right? It's almost like he kind of thinks, well, those guys are Trump supporters, so I can treat them differently than I would treat a regular U.S. citizen who's all of us. This is what people need to understand in this country. Joe Biden has not been speaking to you this entire time. That's what's really fascinating. You get these conservatives who are like, oh, I can't believe Joe Biden said that. It's crazy. It's like, bro, he's not talking to you. Not talking to you when Joe Biden came out and was like, we might need another lockdown in this country. Texas and Florida had already reopened. He wasn't talking to you, red states. When he comes out and says all these things, he is not talking to you. He's talking about you. They don't like you. They hate you. And Republicans, conservatives, disaffected liberals, political homeless, IDW, whatever you are, you better recognize that they look at themselves as the the correct, the mainstream, the appropriate. And anyone who deviates from that group is an outside other extremist. So you could be I mean, this is really what cult authoritarianism did, is made of. I, I have a great example of this. Um, yeah. It's not Biden. It, it, and this, this is why it, what makes it so perfect. It was um, Lena Wen, um, who is that Lina one? Wen. Oh, it's on, on to uh, Wen Lina. And uh, so, so she's the she's um, a CNN. I think she just put her on as a medical medical analyst. Right. She's actually the former president of Planned Parenthood. Yeah. They never mentioned that. Right. Yeah. But she has this comment and it, it's so illustrative of this mentality. And it so perfectly 
defines what you're talking about because she says, you know, we need to make life harder for the unvaccinated. We need to uh, make there be penalties for for them going through this. We need to. And and I'm not even talking about necessarily focusing on on her vaccine comments, but and uh, which, of course, a lot of people have talked about. They've they've gone over and again. But when she says we. Who is she talking about <laughs> when she says we need to do yep. this? We, I said, you're not you're not a member of government. You are not elected to anything. You're you're a CNN contributor. And yet you're acting as if you have state like power over. And that is why I use this term that I, I've started to put it into uh, the colloquial parlance. And I've introduced I call it the overstate. Right. And this it, it it sort of combines this idea of the sovereignty of the the u.s government right and state governments but also the connection with the media with academia with um, social media etc silicon valley wall street this idea that there is so when she's saying we like who party. are you talking about the we? party right the party right exactly party members anyone right. al- that will the allow themselves to be brainwashed in the moment right. who's who's the, we? The, who's the, we, the american shadow communist party we'll call it that we is a very powerful word and that it's a cult building mechanism with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time (gasps) no lucky land casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry in that case i pronounce you lucky Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah. And I and I noticed that nobody is bringing up the fact that she just keeps using it over and over. We need to do this. We need to set these in place. You know, we need you, to have these. When who, uh, Why are you saying we? Right? And it's also otherizing because it's we versus you. Right? It's us versus oh, them. Uh, mm. When I listened, when I, when I see the things that Joe Biden is posting, let me see if I can uh, pull up something specific. There's a video I tweeted. Here we go. Biden said, actually, I'm going to play it. I'm just going to play the video. Is it not working? We can't. Oh, I, I muted it. That's the problem. Mm. I'm like, why is there no sound coming out? Oh, yeah. I turned the sound off. We that? do a little technology no around here. Here we go. You ready? It's no longer just about who gets to vote or making it easier for eligible voters to vote. It's about who gets to count the vote. Who gets to count whether or not your vote so there's that's only 16 seconds i don't know the full context but assuming that is uh close enough to the context you know he's talking about voting laws in georgia new laws right the new laws uh this country is already in divorce i mean seriously when that woman on cnn says we need to do x she's not she's not calling you we she's not referring to you the people who are watching the show She's saying you're outside this. When Joe Biden says it's no longer about who gets to vote, it's about who gets to count the vote what or something it? to that effect. Yeah. He's basically saying it doesn't matter. What is he talking about? Where, where's the context of that? He, who, who they're they're the claiming vote? Republicans are trying to strip away the right to vote when in actuality it's the Democrats who are doing it. Oh, okay. And so he's saying it's not just about paraphrasing. Well, I, you know, I got to vote. say it's I, who gets to count it because he's arguing that the Republicans will count it incorrectly. Can I just say, though, I, and I got to say this, I got to be clear. We're going to do a little fact checking around here. Thank you, Jack. As I was driving up here and, you know, we're not going to dox, but we are in a somewhat rural area. I did not see a single FedEx Kinko's on my entire drive here. <laughs> and Kamala Harris. Yeah. I got to say, I think she's right on this one. No Kinko's, even though they went out of business 15 years ago. Not a single Kinko's. 
Did she I actually see? said Kinkos. She actually said Kinkos. Out of yeah. business for 15 years. Yeah, well, they were. It's FedEx. Oh, FedEx. Now. Yeah, so okay. FedEx bought them out. But even still, like Kinkos. she said, Kinkos. That's like that's listen, like, listen. Kitty City. We've we've had a lot of people talk about peaceful divorce in this country, and I'm not a fan because I don't want to see China take over. Like we need American unity, American culture. We need to, to be, have a strong comeback. But a lot of people have said, let me peaceful let me, divorce. Let me ask you a question. Yeah. How many presidents do we have right now? How many? Presidents of the United States do we have right now? I don't know what you mean by that. Like, obviously, we have one. We have Joe Biden. Right. We have Joe Biden. But do you think that there are people who, at this point, just see him so illegitimate that they yes. just don't view him as the president? They're, and they would view but someone this is else. But this is not Biden or Trump. This is 2016 when people said Trump is not my president. Right. You That's had exactly that where schism where – there were uh, and tens Russia. of millions. And you can go, by the way, Joe Biden, he gave, he, you have the clip he said there, but there was another clip where he said, you know, this is not what, that's not how we do things in America. You win, you lose, and then you go on. You don't, you don't keep whining about it. And then I, I'm like, Joe, I'd, I'd take two seconds and run a Twitter search on his own account. And he says, uh, the, the 2016 election was interfered with by Russia. They've undermined our democracy, yep. right? Pelosi said it. Right. It, you know, but it's, it's right. in your own words, in your own words, you said essentially that Donald Trump didn't win because of Russia. So you were saying he was an illegitimate when, president all, like just like months ago. When Joe Biden, Democrat pundits, CNN, begin referring to themselves as we, which excludes you, yep. you need to recognize what that means is happening in this country. Already, it is very obvious that there are two clearly distinct groups. One currently has the power of federal law enforcement, and they are using it to crush dissidents. Like little old ladies. There's that video where the cop opens the door for the little old lady. Arrested, charged. Some of these people in solitary. Antifa, free to go. It's very obvious where we're at right now. When Joe Biden comes out and he says, like, they're basically saying repeatedly, we, not us, and the we is a reference to Democrats and the party members and not anybody who, who opposes them or any Americans. He is not a president for this country. He is a president for a faction. You can use the word we uh, for everybody. Like, I think we need decentralized, free software, social media. And I'm not so, talking about a group of us. I mean, of, all of, humans. of course, of course. But when she said we need to make life hard for the people who aren't vaccinated, yeah, it's, abusive. We, it's we very in, in her context. She's referring to we as a select group of people, how they are going to control and punish punish she specifically is talking about punitive measures yeah. for and not even to get into that issue but punitive measures for people who have decided not to opt into your preferred preference we are going to take puni- we again we like, it's not even that it's, it's that people against them there are people who are pro vaccine who have danced and sang at the at the at the uh, uh, advent of mRNA vaccines? Who are told by their doctors for pregnancy reasons, for allergy reasons, you are not recommended to get this, and they're saying make their lives harder. Or as we're now hearing, auto, autoimmune disease that that apparently some people have. Uh this FDA announcement. That That's came right. Out. That's why I, I'm I'm so uh, offended by like door to door vaccination because you got to you have it like you go to a doctor, they give you a list, you check off. Do you have all, they, they give you a huge list of ailments and they're like, check off right, what you right, have. Right. Because the doctor looks at it and goes, oh man, we can't prescribe you this antibiotic because you have X syndrome. But a guy going to your doorstep, they're not going through the, the at 7-Eleven at bars. I don't want to get into that whole debate. The point is they're not talking about, when she said we, she was referring to a group of people who are 
ex-governmental or, or, or uh, extra-governmental who somehow have the ability to implement policies and, 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 and enforcement over everybody else. Who is she or the people on CNN to assert that they have the ability to even enforce non-laws over people but here's, who, are not, here's, who are not part of that group? Here's the essential truth. They do have that power. Right. They do. They know it. They know they do, and they and when she says that and doesn't get any pushback by from any of the and you can see there's three people on at that point no pushback whatsoever because they all have that power because they know they're in the driver's seat and they know that they are part of and there isn't a name for it and that's why I'm I'm coming up with it I'm, I'm giving this title the overstate because they know that they are a part of that influence network. Right of those competing interests of these, in many cases, CNN's owned by a multinational company. Right, so we know that they are part of that group that is in power, and they know that they can wield that power over others. And in this moment, there's no check. There's no check on that power. Republicans aren't even involved in the culture war. Who was it? Jesse Kelly, I think, said Republicans, law, Democrats won the culture war because they they were the only ones fighting it. So this is this is um. You know, no one was supposed to do this, but this is uh, William F. Buckley. You know, this is the problem with his famous phrase. So his, his famous phrase was uh, a conservative is someone who stands athwart history yelling stop. Right. Well, if you're just someone who's standing athwart history yelling stop and yet other people are going to say, hey, let's try this. Let's go here. Was, let's was he insulting this. conservatives? Uh, no, that was his. That, I mean, that is like his. I'm, this is like his most famous yeah. quote that's attributed wow. to him. Who would want to be a conservative? Right. You know, and it's he's not actually now. If you are a conservative, you can say, "Well, oh, I see what he's saying. We need to preserve institutions that and social norms and and culture and morality that have sustained us for all these years, etc., cetera, etc." Cetera. But if that's your tactic to just sit there and say, "Stop, <laughs> we're not going to do any of this anymore," it's like no one's going to come to your party, man. Yeah. No, no, but, but, no, but, no, but nobody's going to show up. He's right. He's, You're not that, offering that, anyone anything. That, he is right. That's exactly what conservatives and, are, and, and, and conservatives always have followed been. that for seventy years. I, but but I, no, he but he's identified the group. They didn't adhere to what he said. He identified a group of people that just said, uh, "We're good here," and that's it. They're not fighting. So I don't know. Right, standing. So we, we, right. you just stand there and, and say stop. You know, I actually, Paul Ryan with his little bow tie. I think there's a lot of things in this country that need to change, but I think there's a lot of things that that are good. We want to keep the good. You, it, it's, it's imagine, imagine, you know, what these, these communists are, the, the overstate, these, the, the party members, they represent a group that says, we got this amazing skyscraper, let's tear the whole thing down and then live amongst the rubble as we rebuild. Then you have conservatives who are like, the building's fine as it is, stop. And then you've got other people who are saying, we can probably improve this building quite a bit. Let's keep it and get rid of the bo- broken parts and put in good parts. I like those people. That's that how I identify. That makes the most sense. So, uh, yeah, I don't identify with those who are like, yeah, this, burn it this down. This is my problem with with um, the way that a lot of people have been going against the CRT debate, the critical race theory debate, which – and don't get me wrong. I, I think people are doing fantastic work, Chris Rupo uh, specifically, on, on that front. But if you're just going to be one of these governors who says, oh, I'm banning critical race theory and critical race theory bad, like, okay. But if you ever come out of power, they can just take that away, right? You need – to be explaining to people the alternative. You need to be explaining to people what is, number one, true history, but then also why, right? Why are these things considered good and this is considered bad? You can't just say to people, oh, we're going to ban this and this, this is out. Then I think that's why I think conservative is probably the wrong word. 
some there's, there's, populist maybe is a better word for it. You I know, think so. when, when we had Charlie Kirk on the show, he mentioned that during Occupy, the conservative movement wasn't ready for a lot of these things, mm. like calling out the corporations yeah. and censorship and, and Wall Street and big tech and things like that. And I'm like, I don't think conservatives ever are because they're literally always just saying stop. Reactionary? Is that what those reactionaries are? Uh, yeah, reactionaries oppose the revolution. Right, so, so re- reactionary is a term that came up during the French Revolution. And so it was actually a propaganda term used by the, the Jacobins and the, the murderous authoritarians of the French Revolution who, to, for their political opponents who said, hey, maybe we don't, shouldn't kill everybody and destroy all of French culture. <laughs> you know, maybe we can just start go around executing people because we decide we, we want to. Um, they were, they were called reactionary. So this was but, actually a propaganda term used by the Red Terror. Right, right, right. So, uh, for back to the conservative statement, I, the, the populist is maybe a better word. The libertarians are very much involved, but they don't like Donald Trump. I think with like, uh, um, Dave Smith and the Mises caucus, you actually have strong principled libertarians now who very much so will say they don't like Donald Trump, but very much so will oppose a lot of what the Democrats are doing. And I think that's something a lot of the populists actually agree with. So they might not agree with criticism of Trump, but I think the one thing that Trump animated or the one thing about Trump that animated a lot of people was anti-establishment. I think there's substantially more anti-establishment people in whatever this faction is. So I don't know what the right word is to describe them. The people who are actually demanding things. You look at people like, you know, Lauren Boebert or Marjorie Taylor Greene, who actually say, hey, we want a thing. Most Republicans are like, we're going to we say no to Democrats. I'm like, well, what are you for? What are you actually Um, advocating for? Okay, I'm smiling right now because you you mentioned those, and I, and I want everyone to know that I didn't say anything to Tim prior to this show. But <laughs> you you mentioned those two names just because you see as two people who are fighting, right? You look in the news, and they're actively fighting for things. When I said that there were potentially members of Congress that were on the Joe Biden list, it was exactly those two: Marjorie Taylor Greene and Laura. <laughs> I, I just just we, those two like those here's our list it's two so, people. so far I mean again yeah, I, gonna, I don't know if, they, if this is the final list but those are the two members of Congress that I was told you know what they've the done the you know what you know, you know what big tech has done by banning people on the right they have made sure that the only voices you hear are the for the most part spineless weak Republicans who just say please stop Democrats the fierce fighting angry people who are like, this is what we want and why we want it all have been banned. Not all, but mostly. So now what they've done is... Well, they're banned or atomized. What do you mean, what do you mean by atomized? So atomized is a great example for, uh, you know, Marjorie Taylor Greene, right? It's, yeah. it's like, right. you know, you, we've, we've isolated you. We've broken you down to your constituent atoms. We're, you're, you're not a Republican, right? And they force her to go through these struggle sessions and, and even the, the Republicans do. Right. And, and as I was going to say, like, even McCarthy is kind of saying, well, I'm going to strip her of her committees, but I'm not going to kick her out of the caucus and all that. Like, so he's going along with it. He's they going, want to control he it. He goes along with this. So this, this atomization of, uh, it's, and it's, it's part of an otherizing. Um, this goes back to, you know, it actually goes back to, uh, what the German Stasi would do in, in East Germany because when they realized that it got to a certain point where they were disappearing too many people and, they realized that, okay, you know, this is getting a little bit too un- untenuous for us. Well, okay, what we're going to do then is instead of, of, you know, disappearing you and locking you up because that's hard, it costs money, right? You need to go through trial, et cetera. We're just going to destroy your reputation, right? We're just going to destroy what people think of you. We're going to smear you. We're going to attack you. We're going to use all of our power implements so that people, yeah, you can be out there and you can have your quote unquote free speech, but no one will listen to you. Yeah. They, they, 
amazingly condemn Marjorie Taylor Greene for things she said before she was even in office. Right. Kevin McCarthy goes along with everything the Democrats say, and it's very obvious. The establishment Republicans and the Democrats are part of the Uniparty. And right now the Republicans are just frantic because there is an invasive force of populists who have come in and started making changes. So maybe what'll happen is uh, they'll put that, they'll put out that list. Oh, Lauren Boebert and Marjorie Taylor Greene are on that list, huh? I'd imagine the America First candidates, the right-wing populist candidates, obviously huge overlap, the ones who are trying to primary, they're all going to be labeled extremists. There's going to be stories in every major newspaper about, oh, these Republicans, they're they're evil and dangerous. We and, can't let them win. And by the way, I, I don't know if anyone saw this, but this, this, is a, this is a huge problem that the populists have, right? Liz Cheney, right? Liz Cheney, who's sort of the, the avatar of sort of the anti-populist. She's the avatar of the establishment wing, or she's been propped up as this. She just raised $1.8 million, right? She actually put up the highest numbers for any House member. Right. That's Liz Cheney. Now, yeah. I'd like to go through that one point eight million. Yeah, and where'd see she get exactly it from? Where, where's all that coming from? Well, the squad members raise most of their money outside their district. Squad raise a ton of money. This is going to come down to a money fight. And there are extremely powerful interests that are fighting against this. And so I do, I do believe, by the way, that populists have the upper hand in terms of numbers right now. I do. I really do. But the money side is going to get filtered in. They've broken the working class. Oh, sure. You might have the working class on your side. A million grassroots donors who are too broke now because the economy has been destroyed to actually give you a penny to help your campaign. Yeah. When uh, the Roman Empire fell apart completely, the, the middle class eviscerated and evaporated. It was gone. They completely disseminated the, you, the working cl- middle class. You've got these elites worth uh, the, 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 the net worth of the billionaires went up substantially. The major corporations stock values started to skyrocket. Small businesses destroyed. And what did that help do? Destroy grassroots activism. Bernie Sanders famously had an average donation of $23 or whatever that number was. I am was, once right? again asking. <laughs> but he was, but Bernie was able to, to rise up because he had the people on his side and all of that money flowing into him empowered him greatly. Well, be it fortuitous for the establishment that they have destroyed the economy and hurt the working class and made them mostly destitute and homeless and living off of government welfare and uh, unemployment bills and child tax credits. Now you could have 10 million supporters. If they're too broke to donate to you, they don't. But the wealthy elites whose net worth went up, we were, they can donate whatever they want to whoever they want. Super PACs. So we went to the, um, you know, you mentioned, you mentioned the workers, right? We were out in Nevada for the UFC fight. Um, we go, we went to Joe Rogan and Dave Chappelle the night before. And then because Rogan's in town because he does commentary. So we go to McGregor and Poirier and at the stadiums where we were going at the arenas where we were going to show up, they, the concession stand, the line was like 40 minutes long for each of them. Why you would go up and you see there's only two people working behind the stand there. Wow. Wow. That's it. Right, because that town, that city, which is that's that's the entertainment capital of of the state, right? That's that's their entire economy. It was decimated by COVID, and that now they have a worker shortage because there's so many people that are living off of government. I say, hey, I get this money for free. For that, I got to go deal with drunk people. I got to go deal with you know whatever. You got my order wrong, so I got to go deal with emotional abuse. Why, why go back to work if I'm if I can still get government money for this? It's a massive worker shortage out there. It's a time bomb. You know, it's uh, the bill will come due there. The, the, it's, it's it's which law of thermodynamics, uh, Ian, you know, perhaps the second law of thermodynamics, second law, 
To be honest, I don't know. Uh, are you talking about uh, when the, an object this, this, in motion the, will remain in motion no, unless no, no. forced upon? Uh, this idea that you can get things for free without making things. Huh. Oh, free energy. Yeah. Eventually, what happens is there the, the value of the dollar becomes zero because why work? Well, the problem with the thermodynamic thing that says you can't get more energy out of a system than you put into it only assumes that there's a closed system that you're working with them. But in reality, there are no closed systems. Energy can always come from further away than we knew it existed. So I do believe zero point energy is possible. You mean like slave labor in China? Yeah, like there will always be more slaves. We can always have more children to make them more slaves. I'm kind of being Americans, joking around, but I'm also yeah, no, being Americans saying. spending money and not producing anything won't last We'll forever. have to default on it. We're going to have to default on the federal right, and, and by the way, this, this, this all goes back to the 90s. This goes back to NAFTA. This goes back to China and the WTO. Which goes back to 79. This which goes back. It, it goes, goes back, back and back and back. This was the idea. China will be the manufacturing base, right? That will be China. That will be moved to China, right? And then America will be the consumers. America will say, you sit there. You're going to, you know, whatever is the new movie that gets rolled off the assembly line. You're all going to go watch it. Then And now they don't even need to do that. Now you're just streaming, right? You can just sit in your home and you're going to have it delivered to you and you click this and you say, oh, I'm going to watch this. And then and then you just go on to the next one and you go on to the next one. It's the end of days, my friends. Check out this story from the Daily Mail. 1972 prediction of the collapse of society is on track to happen by 2040. Economic growth will halt in, in, in uh, a decade. Food will become scarce and human population will decline. KPMG study finds. They say MIT used a world simulation model to learn how our world would fare from 1972 to 2060. The model looked at a number of factors, such as population, industrial output, and persistent pollution, and found a societal collapse could happen by 2040. The research was criticized at the time, but an accounting firm analysis took another look at MIT's data and found their stark prediction was correct. The recent work shows our business as usual mentality will spark a decline of economic growth within the next decade but a total collapse by 2040. I wonder if there are powerful uh, international elites who saw that news in 1972, saw those stories, and then not by a conspiracy, but by a standalone complex, very powerful individuals influenced by similar things, decided to take actions within their industries in a certain direction, which led us to today. Oh, like a self-fulfilling prophecy? I Yeah. I got one. I can go back even further. What do you got? Nikola Tesla. <laughs> what did he say? 1920s. And it's just very quick, very quick. Technical advances are inevitably driving us toward the grossest kind of materialism. Mm -hmm. Before long, the social system of bee life will be universal. Bee life. Bug men. Bug men. <laughs> so we've got, we've got Cuba. predicted by Tesla. We've yes. got Cuba and revolt. Maybe it's nothing. Maybe it's a one-off. We got South Africa. There was some audio. That was posted by the guy, Phoenix Ammunition guys tweeted this out, retweeted yeah. it, where it's like audio recordings where he's like, we're, 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 we're lending out a thousand rounds. They're saying they're running out of ammunition. And then, and then there's another audio, audio recording where it's like, we're, we're running out of bullets. There's thousands of them. We can't stop them. By nightfall, the city will burn. South Africa, dude. When you look at these things, you Did look you at- Did you see Zoom, uh, Jacob Zuma's son, by the way? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he loot, come, he, he comes loot out responsibly. Loot responsibly. So, he, but, so but, his father was the president who was arrested. Right, right, right. Uh, yeah, loot we, responsibly. We've got war with China, potentially. We've got Russia, China, Iran threatening us over what's happening in Cuba. We had that incident a couple years ago. Was that in Venezuela where that cruise ship was like rammed or something? And oh, the, yeah. The Venezuelans tried to steal it. it. You get this MIT report, and we're sitting here talking about civil war and Thucydides' trap and the fourth turning. And now we can add another 
predicted I, to that mix. You know, humans blowing each other up is one problem, and I don't want to derail this because this is a good conversation, but what I fear is what happened in Texas when it froze over and the wind turbines stopped working, the electric grid shut down, the centralized electric grid failed, California people started too. freezing to death, wildfires that burn yeah. people alive because they can't get out, uh, asteroid impacts, collisions, floods. We have a centralized electric grid that cannot handle these things. People without electricity... I, I've never seen that in my life, and I don't want to. But that is what I—that's what I'm afraid of. This this stuff blowing each other up. This has been a threat since no, 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 the this, dawn of this man. Nineteen four. This this twenty forty studies that say we're gonna blow up. It's gonna say society is going to collapse. Jeez. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Yeah. Well, what is society? So, um, How well, are they defining That's that? why I, you know, one of the first things I ever did when I got a smartphone was I downloaded a survival guide. Yeah, I did on, too. I have uh, one on my phone. Yeah. Because it's just a smart thing to do. People go camping sometimes. Yeah. If you have I'm a smartphone, like, get one. I'm like, you know, I might go camping and need to learn how, know how to start a fire or, you know, like watch out for poison ivy or something. But hey, in the event that you get lost in the woods, you're going to love that you got a little bit of that battery left. You turn the brightness way down and start looking like, what do I do? How do I find my way out? You know, it's really interesting. One of the biggest mistakes people make when they get lost somewhere is they leave their car. You know why that's the stupidest thing you can do? When the, helico- yeah. when the helicopter's flying over, like, there's a car, there's, and they like go down. Like a million down. reasons. Yeah. <laughs> that's the worst thing you could do. They go down, they find the car, and the person's gone. Or right. or, or double back to it. I mean, that would be... You just know, stay if, in the if car. If you're trying to find I something. Guess stay well, still if you I'm not going to give you advice. I'm going to say yeah. just take care of yourself. Be responsible. Yeah, you look at what happened in Texas. There's things like that that happen, but here's the crazy part. Our cities have gotten so big. What happens when the power goes out for a long enough period of time that order breaks down? I mean, you look at what happened in South Africa with all of the stores being looted, the warehouses being looted, when order is just when people are like, hey, guess what? Laws off. The purge happens. Well, so and not only that, but not not it's not just order. It's when made to order. Right. It's when on demand right. breaks down. Right. It's when I can't get my Disney Plus. It's I can't get my streaming. I can't get this. I can't get my Uber Eats. I can't get all of these different things where stuff is just delivered to me by my gig slaves. It's, um, it's that when that breaks down and suddenly I have to, I, I know people who don't even well, shop it's, anymore. It's, it's easy, ex- easily exemplified by the, uh, Treehouse of Horror with The Simpsons where it was a play on The Shining and Homer was, uh, uh, trying to, you know, had no TV. So he became, a, he became murderous and started rampaging around trying to kill his family, the Simpson family. And then finally, no they're beer, out. no TV, make Homer yeah, something, exact, something. Ex- and then they're outside, <laughs> and then Homer is like, come sit with me by the warmth of the TV, and he finally has a little TV, and then they're sitting there, and the TV power dies, and they're frozen, and then Homer says, urge to rise, or urge, urge to, to kill, kill rising, rising. Yeah. <laughs> urge to kill rising. That's basically what it is you're referring to. The crazy thing about this is, it used to be that if you wanted a cheeseburger, you had to wait for it. You had to go buy the ingredients, you had to go make it yourself, then we're in the, in the diner era, and then McDonald's is like, we're going to invent a way where you can walk up and get that burger real quick. And people were like, whoa, now people are so spoiled. They go to a restaurant, they wait five minutes, they freak out. Where's my phone? They're throwing stuff at the counter. Yeah. If we go back to the era where it's like, you got to wait a month to get tomatoes because you're growing well, so them. So this is, this is, you know, having my, um, you know, my wife and then her parents live with us and they're from Eastern Europe, right? They don't have that. They don't have yeah. that at all because 
they they don't have maybe some in like the big cities in in uh, in Eastern Europe they have that, but in for their for them it's hey I I went out in the morning I bought some fresh stuff and now I'm going to cook it uh, I'm going to spend the day you know washing it and cooking it preparing the dinner and getting it done and that's that I mean they don't <laughs> uh, you know I, I joke about this but they won't even use the the dishwasher. They, they just, they, why would I use that? I can just wash it by hand, right? Well, to be honest, dishwashers don't work. Yeah, they don't. You work. end up having to wash it anyway. Right, right, right. But I mean, they won't. It, they wouldn't even consider to putting it in the dishwasher, right? You know, and it's it's really is. And sometimes we do have this kind of culture clash. Um, they're not big on air conditioning. Um, oh, yeah, oh. and they're and they're super. They're just super like. They're way more used to, hey, if you want to get something, if you want some walnuts, if you want some cucumbers, hey, go outside. Here's a basket. Go get them. Yep. Right? You want some cranberries? Go do this. That's how you take care of That's stuff. That's the future, not the past. And, That's the future. And you look at what we have now, and it, it, it always makes me kind of reflect back on the way, you know, raise strawberries here, in winter. You know, you come out and say, is this better? Right? Is, is our way better? It's strawberries better for, in winter. It's better for building brain matter. Because, like, having access to all those nutrients make us able to be stronger, potentially, intelligently, but people have been abusing it. I mean, if you put aspartame... I I partially disagree. It's the aspartame, I think. I I partially disagree, and I think you're correct about the availability of nutrients, but people eat random trash. Yeah, that's the problem. People are abusing the system. They're not taking advantage of it properly. They're taking disadvantage with it. They go to McDonald's, they buy a cheeseburger and fries. What do they have for dinner? Eh, They're chicken sandwich and fries. And it's like you're not getting real vegetables. You might get a tomato, I guess. But that's that's not a thing. Which is a fruit, by the way. Tanya's uh, 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 father. When when he came to the U.S., um, we went out. I think we I forget where we were, but we were in some like some place, and like the only thing that was open was fast food. And we got some stuff, and he was like, "I'm I'm not eating this." <laughs> like this, and we we're like, "Why?" It's gross. It's, it's it, to him. He's like, "This is not food. This is like plastic yeah. mush." Yeah. And then, so when I go over and visit, by the way, and you eat the food there, like farm to table isn't like they don't even say that because it's it, that that's just food, right? Right. In Eastern Europe, so you get it, and then you start eating stuff, and you realize it doesn't have the sort of sensationalism kind of tastes that U.S. food would have, but it's richer and you can really taste, you can really taste, you know, the true nutrients that are in it. You can taste so many different flavors that you weren't used to having. You say, oh, this is what meat is supposed to taste like. This is what vegetables are supposed to it's, taste It's like. not just that. It's it's when you're eating nothing but garbage, you, you lose. I'll, I'll put it a better way. When you're really, really hungry, everything tastes better. When you're eating healthy... And then you have those garden fresh veggies and you're eating it. You're like, it just tastes so good. It's like when you um, imagine like chugging a bunch of soda and then eating a scoop of ice cream and like the sweet, your sweetness overload. You ever have that? Yeah. yeah, yeah, Where it's like the ice cream doesn't even taste sweet because you have too much sugar in your mouth already. Yeah. That's basically everything. I was reading about sugar addiction and how the sugar content of our drinks kept going up for a long period of time because people would drink a soda with like 10 grams of sugar. And then they would find a soda with 15 and be like, ooh, this one's better. And so then the next company's like, make it 17, make it 19, make it 20, 25. Now it's up to, I think, for like a Coke, 48 grams of sugar yeah. in a glass. Well, isn't, isn't that the thing where, and I, and I'm sure this is more of a, more apocryphal than an actual true story, but the idea that Coca Cola used to be, you know, it used yep. to actually have cocaine in it, right? Yeah. So that was where they get the name. So, um. I think that's true. You know, no, 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 <laughs> the next, no, that's true. The, the next part is, you know, where we're basically they said, well, once that was um, once that was criminalized, they had to find something else that was just as addictive to put in their sodas. So they found sugar. Well, they found caffeine. Caffeine has an has has a very very similar effect on the human body to cocaine. Actually. Oh wow, they did. Yeah. Oh, well, sugar in terms, and caffeine in terms of your energy boost. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, sh- caffeine causes euphoria. 
it's it's it like it stimulates the brain in a very very similar way. Man, there there actually is, and I think we talked about this on on one of the last times I was here, but um, that you could actually ta- you could actually trace the enlightenment to the introduction of coffee in, <laughs> in Europe, yeah. right? Psychoactive stimulants right? all and of a sudden. And that's why like, people whoa. are suddenly, right. And then prior to that, right? And if, and if you look at any like medieval literature or any medieval just source, you always see people always, they're going to the inn, they're drinking mead, they're drinking, that's like, people were kind of buzzed all the time. Like the water, you know, healthy water or drinkable water was not readily available in the Middle Ages. And so if you want something, you want, you want it fermented, you want something that's been processed. So you are going to be drinking alcohol more. So there's this idea that people just in the middle ages were just generally Drunk. kind of buzzed did all the you, time. It was, it was, it was safer to drink, you know? Right. Did, did, uh, uh, did you know that Coke has coffee? Yeah, they do. No, I did not. It's I just good. found this out today. Really? It good. was really it was a Coca-Cola can, but it said coffee on it. And I was confused so and good. I was like, I'm going to try it. It's got Splenda in it. So oh. I, I cracked it open. I tasted it. I was like, wow actually really good yeah i thought it was gonna be bad and then i was like i looked at the i looked at the nutrition I remember pepsi coffee they had pepsi pepsi cola really? pepsi cola I, yeah. I looked at the nutrition information on the coke and it was like 11 grams of sugar and i was like that's impossible this is way too sweet and boom splenda splenda i don't drink that stuff what do you do you use stevia uh stevia is all right but i just either drink water or i drink pure sugar you yeah. know cane sugar or whatever splenda sucralose which is i don't yeah. know sucralose yeah, it's uh, a, it's a, it's a, your body doesn't digest it. I'm not a fan of that stuff. I like monk you know, fruit. We've been doing a lot of monk, monk fruit. Was monk fruit's legit. What's that? I thought Splenda was aspartame. No, Splenda. This sucralose. is saying that it's sucralose. It is. Yeah, okay. Splenda sucralose. Okay. Are the original? Uh, I'm not, I, I don't care for any of that stuff. Maybe that's, e- maybe that's equal. Oh, this says that they originally were, were contained sucralose. Uh, it's also known for using monk fruit, stevia, and allulose. Yeah, monk fruit I hear is all right. Um, equal is aspartame, it's and equal. then go, sweet yeah. and low is saccharin. Ugh. I don't care for any of that stuff. You know, I, we we have a bunch of sodas from this company called Route sixty six. Route sixty six. I just ordered from. It's like a Chicago company. Pure mm. cane sugar. I don't. I, I don't want to have too much of that anyway. But if we're gonna have soda, Yuck. pure cane. We we do have these Japanese sodas that are really fun. It's got the marble and you like pop it in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's fructose glucose syrup, which probably just means high fructose corn syrup. So, and we got a bunch of sodas with that. High fructose corn syrup. Is, I'm not what, a fan what's of the stuff. new stuff? Uh, something fructose. There's a new kind of fructose that's out. Well, that's, that's the other thing, by the way. With, with, with Tanya, she she anything that's like sodas, anything carbonated, all that. She just doesn't want any of it. Water. That's great. Just she, amazing. She's she like, I want. She drinks water, and if she wants a little bit of a pick me up, she'll go for a green tea. I went out to. Uh, we got pizza today, and they didn't have water. I was just like, I guess I'll have Coke. Wow. I don't like wow. Coke at all. Yeah. That's some Middle Ages stuff going on. I mean, on. they could pour me a glass of water, but I don't want to drink some I'm big unfiltered on, well water. You know what I mean? I'm big on coconut water. This is the moho we've been getting, and this is like no other coconut water I've ever had. I mean, it's just enough sugar. that It's pH balanced for your body. pH balanced. Didn't they, I heard that they used to use uh, coconut uh, water as uh, IV fluid. Yeah. like a, you could. Dire- I don't know if it's true. Yeah. Sounds cool, though. I, I got when I, was in, when I was living in China, um, coconut milk. I really got Yates or Nye. Um, I was like any, any, yeah, um, anywhere I could get it, uh, or, and it's, it's big over there. It's actually pretty big. I was drinking coconut milk like crazy. There was actually this Taiwanese brand that I would just got really into. So what's the future, man? Are we all going to be back to living in huts and caves and, um, farmers? that's what happened when Atlantis got smashed 12,800 years ago. No, 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 Historically, uh, what a happened? comet shattered okay, over okay, North okay. America. Whoa, whoa, I want to talk whoa. about Atlantis. You, this, oh, you guys are talking short term. This is before no, it went talk under about, Antarctica. Let's talk about what happened yes. to yeah, Rome. Okay. Let's let's keep it. Okay, the, good idea. Political upheaval. What happened to what, what happened to the people? Of so so look so so I mean 
it, Italy still exists, right? right. I mean, it, Rome like, still exists. Like, like, like Rome as a city still exists, right? The Roman it got annihilated in terms though. of the people. It got right. conquered and then reconquered and then conquered back and then reconquered right, again. Right, right, right. Des- people were living in like shelled out buildings, and and the population was decimated by ninety plus. Percent. And so, and so, when you put all this together, right? When you do put all this together, when you talk about the the weakening of the U.S. as a system, right? The U.S. as a system, and then you go. To the military side and you can see so russia iran and china are telling us what we need to do in our backyard and then you've got um the u.s navy study that comes out that says look we, we would lose a major conflict right now on the seas we would lose it, it just and i say as a former naval officer and i think they're right like we we are not ready to fight a near-peer competitor right um you know if imagine the u.s losing and i'll just put it out there imagine the u.s losing a maritime conflict over taiwan like China moves on Taiwan, we say we're going to defend them. We say no. We uh, Japan comes to you know rallies, um, but Korea says you know not worth it maybe. And then uh, Australia says you know we'll we'll pitch in, um, but really you you know the U.S. is leading the whole thing, and they just straight up lose. If that happens, what think about what that does to American to the American psyche? Not yeah, just the American decisive, psyche. A decisive what, what happens decisive with the rest of the loss. world when right. when when the United States has blood in the water and all of the sharks start coming, realizing the U.S. can't defend its allies anymore? All it takes. When you look at what happens in a lot of these countries, like the police breakdown in South Africa where the cops are actually looting now. Once the unrest gets to a certain point, people say the cops can't stop us. And we saw it in the United States in Baltimore and Ferguson. The police can stop. You know, it's like whack-a-mole. When the whack-a-mole is coming up really slow, the cops can go and stop unrest. But when they keep coming up like crazy, there's not enough when I was to in, stop it. So I was in the Freddie Gray riots, um, not participating. Um, but um, the thing that got me about that was the speed, right? The speed at which— The whole city. Just I was driving down the street, and I saw uh, some random people walking down the street just stop and throw something through a window and like, climb in the rob from the store. And what, what blew my mind was that you, you knew it was going to happen. Is everyone in the city knew there's going to be riots tonight. It'll probably be around 5, 5.30. And the police were basically told. So the governor hadn't called in uh, the National Guard yet. Actually, a buddy who was called up in that. But for the first night, there was no National Guard, right? Um, you had the mayor, Stephanie Rawlings-Blake, who says, we're, we need to give them room to protest. Right. Uh, Marilyn Mosby gives this, he heard no justice, no peace uh, speech, blocks me on Twitter um, for, <laughs> for yelling about her. Um, completely illegal, but I'm actually glad that, uh, that she blocked the okay boomer girl, uh, blocked me today. Huh. Actually. I saw that. Congratulations. Uh, thank yeah, you. Yeah, I, was, I just said, thank God. Thank God. Just, uh, uh, Wait, wasn't she doing like a promo for a phone or something? So she was doing a promo for a phone. Yeah. And then someone said to her, like, oh, are you going to do an iOS version? And then she responds, team Android, right? And then, on the tweet because it says like how, what you know what format it's, iPhone? Put, it's a tweet by iPhone <laughs> on, on the tweet so I just quote tweeted that and I wrote tweet by iPhone and she blocked me with nah. yeah, so but anyway, anyway the but so so the right so everyone knows that it's going to happen the police are basically only deployed around certain areas they've they're they've made lines but if you happen if you're at the Mandalman Mall which is in North Baltimore that place was smashed apart and I'll and I'll say this too because people will get on me and say oh well that was you know this whatever no it was every 
every race, every ethnicity, every group under the sun, Utah, Asians, Hispanic, white, black, everybody was getting in on this, right? You were going to the target, you were grabbing a TV, you were grabbing anything you could, you had pick, there were pickup trucks full of appliances that people, and I would just see them just driving by with it or a guy like holding a couple of laptop boxes walking down the street. Um, I mean, it was just chaos, just mass chaos. It, and it was in a, in an eye blink. Everything that you think our society is right. All of those basic, you know, unspoken, you know, the unspoken rules, but then also just the actual laws on the books disappeared and everybody knew it. And everybody, it was like a purge night. It was the only yep. difference between, I think the first purge movie had been out at that point. You know, the only difference was that in the purge, they actually have an announcement. This was just sort of a tacit understanding that, hey, you, you, you know, so, go, well, here's, go do here, crimes now. Here's what happens if China takes Taiwan and the U.S. can't stop it. That's when the rest of the world sees the United States cannot police anything. They can't defend their allies. And then you'll start thing, seeing things pop up in certain areas. The U.S. will try to quell certain uprisings. Allies will call for help. The U.S. won't be able to. And then... There it is. The Taiwan thing, Hong Kong thing, makes me kind of think of Cuba. Like, I don't think the U.S. should be involved with Taiwan and Hong Kong purely because it's China geographically right next to China. Whereas I don't think they should be messing with Cuba. Whereas, not that it's it's American soil, and not that Taiwan is Chinese soil. And if the Americans were to invade Cuba and and, and take it, they would do it economically anyway. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, fascinating that China has... To its southeast, this island that they claim is theirs, and the people there are not communists, and the U.S. is saying, don't you dare intervene or we'll stop you. And then you have in the southeast of the U.S., Cuba, which is communist, and you get China, Russia, and Iran saying, don't you dare intervene. Which And and by the way, it's interesting enough that one thing that people leave out about the Taiwan situation, the reason they don't call themselves the country of Taiwan officially is because they still maintain that they are the sovereign power over all of China and Mongolia. Oh, of course, of course. Which was what, time. So what, that's Republic what of China. What we call mainland China is actually West Taiwan. That's right. Right, exactly. So they, the government, the Republic of China, fled to Taiwan. This right. is like in the 60s or 50s. Right, so they've never officially recognized the communist government of China as the official government. The, the U.S. did under Jimmy Carter. Uh, this was not something that, that Kissinger said they were never going to do, that Nixon said never do this, but Carter gave official recognition. Wow. This is what switched the seat, by the way. So the Republic of Taiwan, this is actually, uh, it's, it's not just an academic thing, because prior to the 1970s, the seat on the U.N. Security Council for China Whoa. was actually controlled by Taiwan ha! because that was seen as the internationally recognized government of yeah. China. When that switch happened, again, 1979, yep. right? When that switch happened, that is when you really now see, and then 10 years later is what, Tiananmen Square, and what was what repercussion did China face? What repercussion did the CCP face for the Tiananmen Square massacre? I don't think anything. I mean, did they? Anything? Any, any they sanctions? They were rewarded. <laughs> they were rewarded with increased foreign domestic uh, investment. They were said, or direct investment. They said they were told, we're gonna, we just need to bring them more into the order. We, they just need more KFCs and more McDonald's and Saks Fifth Avenue and Gucci and Louis Vuitton and everything else. If we can just get them more of the international order, well, they'll, they'll just be better. This is by design. 
This is, it has nothing to do with human rights. It has nothing to do with human agency. It has nothing to do with all of these things, natural law, all of these things we talk, it's money. It's money and power at the end of the day. All these fancy, you know, terms and euphemisms that we can come up with. It's, it's just money and power at the end of the day. They have it and they don't want you to have it. And the idea is that uh, you, the pleb, will be in the uh, renter class and they will own. Yep. Is it they don't want you, the, the, the pleb, to have it because they're afraid the pleb will unseat them? Like, are they afraid of their, are they afraid well, for their you, you, li- you livelihoods need, and their you, family you to, and their money? Okay, you need to understand, Ian, that, that, that as twice. the ignorant rabble, you truly don't yes, understand yes. worldly okay. affairs. Mm, okay. And uh, the elites I don't understand need to manage all of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, humans simply become massively overweight and addicted to drugs and video games, and they overpopulate, and eventually the earth just falls apart. It is incumbent upon better men to decide what you should do with your life. Oh, don't this worry. is referred to as noblesse don't, oblige. Don't worry. You will own nothing, but you will be happy. My question, though, is will I learn discipline? It won't matter. I see. Why? You won't because be you won't choice. be able to disrupt anything. But do these people have discipline? I'm, I don't. Of course they don't. Whoa, 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 whoa. You can't impose <laughs> discipline on our betters. Right. No, no, no. How you, dare you? They are the highborn and we are the lowborn. <laughs> the highborn. And that's what it is. No, I go back. Look, people, there's, there's some guy who's getting on me for running a Game of Thrones blog. And that's like how I first, you know, kind of was operating on the internet. And so I was getting on me over this and they were like, Oh, you're just some Game of Thrones boy. I was like, well, I, I mean, I was an intelligence officer at the same time. It's <laughs> not publicly. Um, and they, I'm like, but that being said, I, I think it's actually quite useful to understanding where we're going and how we see things, right? There is an aristocracy. They are the highborn. They're different factions, right? They're like the different houses. Um, so certainly there are different factions vying for power, but you would never see a member of one of the houses of Westeros allowing one of the, one of the, they even call them the small folk. Uh, yeah. There's a word for this in Chinese, la bai xing. Uh, it means the old hundred names. Um, and, and so there's the idea that they, they are the rabble. They are the deplorables, if you will. Um, and we are the elites. We are those in power. Yeah. Why should, why, why should they leave the world, the, the fate of the world in the hands of people who eat, who, you know, who drink a quart of soda with their <laughs> Triple cheeseburger smothered their teeth in barbecue with sauce. Mountain Dew, you know. Yeah. I actually tell you a story. When when I was in Shanghai, so I was I was at the Shanghai American Chamber of Commerce, and there is a museum in. They call it a museum. It's not really a museum. They call it the Shanghai Municipal Planning uh, Museum, but it's actually more of a planning center. And when so, Codell's congressional delegations or business delegations or governors or senators, whatever, would come to Shanghai, they would always bring them to the municipal planning center. Right. And they would say into this museum and the CCP members. So this is the local Shanghai uh, party. And actually, when I was there, the guy who was the chairman of the city party of Shanghai was a guy by the name of Xi Jinping. Right. He's he's gone on to become uh, oh. a little bit oh, more wow. prominent. Congratulations. I know. Yeah. Good for him. Yeah. Old buddies. <laughs> we, we always knew at the time I, I actually had the opportunity to meet him once. Um, and we, we always knew that he was going up to Politburo, but we didn't realize it was going to be that big that fast. Um, I always kind of referred to him as he was like the, you know, the Shanghai Tony Soprano, which is how he carried himself yeah. with huge entourage, you know, overcoat, you know, off the shoulder kind of deal. But when they would bring our leaders there, uh, Martin O'Malley, I remember he, he came over and he was governor. They would take, they would go down and they would say, wait a minute. So you guys, if, if you decide you want a financial sector, you just, here's your, se- your, you can just 
draw on the map and say, this is going to be our financial district and boom, you just have it within 10 years and it's just there. And if you want capital, it's just handed to you. And if you want a high speed rail, boom, you just get your high speed rail and you can put it wherever you want. You say you want an entertainment center, Disney wants a park, right? Now Shanghai Disney has a park. Yep. Um, so I was actually there for, I was in some of those early planning meetings with Disney in Shanghai as they're meeting with the CCP to say, oh, hey, we're going to build our park. We want it here. And, you know, and then, you know, in the back of my head, I'm thinking, what about all the people who have lived there? Those families, these are, these are actually, uh, there's a historic type of building that they would have in old Shanghai called the Shirkuman. And it's these, there are these really cool, like interlocking, um, houses and sort of like housing units where you'd have a courtyard and then around it, uh, people would go. And then so people could meet, the kids would go in the courtyard and like older couples would kind of hang out there to kind of sort of like watch over the kids, teach them things. And then if there were these communities, they're and it's all stone, right? And I was going to say, well, what, what's happening with all them? What about all those that are there? Wiped out, destroyed, demolished. The Any people, the people eminent who domain, live there, do they give them money or anything? No. <laughs> Just bye-bye. You, you don't even in, – in China, you, you can't – funny enough, in China, you can't own anything. Right, you, you cannot You cannot own land. Right, you can lease it for about ninety nine years, but the government always owns yeah. all the land. Right? Meaning this they is can take it at actually, any moment. It, it is theirs. It's already theirs. Oh. Actually, the word communism in Mandarin, Gong Chan Ju Yi, literally means public propertyism. <laughs> right? If you if you translate it directly, Gong Chan, uh, it means public property. So there is so private ownership is the opposite of communism. Dude, a, a little aside, have you guys ever heard or played Romance of the Three Kingdoms or read the novel? I read the novel, yeah. Uh, from 1600s, Lo Guangxiao. Right. Wrote yeah, it. yeah, and, yeah. Um, I one of the heroes is Liu Bei, who is this guy who wants to restore the Han Dynasty. The empire, the emperor has fallen, and they all these warlords are vying for power. But this one guy who's kind of the 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 the, the moral hero of the story wants to restore the old empire, and they make him this like massive hero. And I'm realizing this is. CCP, pro- this is propaganda, man. This is imperial propaganda. We're supposed to love uh, the Han. Have you ever watched Hero with Jet Li? Negative. Look, that's, that's, uh, well, spoiler alert, that's kind of the ending. What they've realized is that. He's a rebel who then joins the Empire at the It's like Luke Skywalker joining the Emperor at the Ooh, end and killing his that. friends. Yeah. You know, uh, what's it called? Hero? Hero with, with Jet, Jet Li. Li. So, I'll anyway, point He's being, great. just to, to, to finish off my story though, are all the American leaders that would come through Shanghai, they would say, this is great. Yeah. This is awesome. How do I get this? How, I want that. I want, I want to bring that to the U.S., right? They weren't going over there and learning and teaching China how to do things. They were going over there and saying, hey, I want this back home. Yeah. We need some of that. Authoritarianism. We need, we is- need more of this. We need these people with their little, their little lives. They're just in our way. We're going to tell them what's what. We're going to get this type of control. And that's exactly what started to happen. But let's ask the audience with Super Chats, if you have not already, Smash that like button. It is greatly appreciated. Subscribe to this channel. Share the show with your friends and go to TimCast.com. Become a member. We will have a members-only podcast coming up around 11 or so p.m. But let's read some of these super chats and take questions. Beginning with Turk Longwell says, Tim, before Twitter banned me for loving America, I once got a poso bump from him retweeting me. Sadly, it only lasted a, lasted for a month still. Thanks, Jack. There you go. Well, you're very welcome. And uh, if you're worried about bumps in the night and you're worried about your sleep, the best way to be <laughs> knowing that you have an upgraded sleep system is by going to MyPillow.com backslash POSO and using promo code POSO, the Giza Dream Sleep Show. There you go. Right now. I knew it. Yeah, I, to- I told you I have the slippers, right? Actually, they're downstairs. They're I, got them, I got them from my dad. They're I got good. them from my dad for Father's Day. He won't take them off. They're yeah, they're, he wears them everywhere. They're legit good. 
All right. Brandizel says, please Google preparing for a hurricane and take a look at the suggested guidelines. I think you will find it informative. I've seen it. That's right. Yeah, it says get vaccinated. What? Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, what? Yeah, for wait. COVID. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. From, All right. From the, uh, wow. <laughs> you know? yeah. All right. I'll have to it's look weird. at that. Real weird. All right. Let's see what we got. Alexander Dominguez says, this is different than the U.S. going to the Middle East. The people of Cuba overwhelmingly want the U.S. there. Help us end communism in our country. What if Cuba became the 51st state? It's like Puerto Rico and Guam. I love the idea from a distance without knowing much about it. I don't know, you know why. So there's, a, there's a lot of talk about it. So, be, I mean, be a Republican. I mean, you, you don't have to go back very far to the 1950s, you know, 1959s, the revolution. But you don't have to go back far. Even um, in, in the musical, uh, uh, what is it, Guys and Dolls, right? There's actually a scene in there where they just fly from New York to Havana. And he takes this girl on the date. Sky Masterton takes her out on this date. And so it was just seen as like so, a place you could go in the Caribbean very easily. Um, and so there was actually talk of, uh, funny enough, the Confederacy was talking about conquering Cuba at one point and turning wow. and, and using that as a redoubt in a very, you know, kind of an eerie sort of <clears throat> like mirror version of what happened in, with Taiwan and China, right? They were talking about taking over Cuba and making that a Confederate state at one point. Did you see the uh, story about the George Floyd mural? The lightning. Yeah, I saw that. Let me, let me tell you a story. So the other day after we finished the show, Cassandra messaged me and she's like, whoa. And it's a story. George Floyd mural destroyed by lightning strike. Doppler radar confirms a lightning strike occurred in the area around 4.30 p.m. And the building is structurally sound. The building is still totally fine. It's the outer brick wall that got blown out by the lightning strike. Only the George Floyd mural. And I checked immediately. You know what I did? I checked the weather in Toledo for that day. And it was sunny all day, except for this moment where a storm gathered over the building, lightning struck the mural, and then immediately the storm dissipates. And like, when you look at the photos, you can see the ground is mostly dry, and there's like a little bit of water, like you can see the discoloration a little bit. And it's like, the weather said it was sunny with scattered clouds all day. No reported rain. Yet rain forms, lightning strikes the building, and then the rain leaves. So a lot of people are like immediately saying, I'm going to go to church on Sunday this time. Well, yeah. you, you know, you know, you got to say with a story like that. Holy Toledo. <laughs> Dude, I've worked out. I, I've spent time moving the clouds. I mean, they're ele- it's, we're bodies are have electromagnetic, Ian, you know, toruses of energy. You're, you're, not you're dynamo. Clouds. And the clouds are also lightweight electromagnetic energy. I've had very explicit events where clouds have spun or, like I was working out and the clouds start to spin and then part. And you can see the moon in a whole. I mean, we are connected to this planet in so many ways. Our con- I don't, I don't you know, know about that. The either. Schumann resonance is this weird, like extremely low frequency <laughs> of resonance in our. Me and Jack just look at each other in like, the upper um, magnetosphere about? of Earth. But I mean, lightning. I think it's more connected to human consciousness Did you than say we magneto? realize. Yeah, yeah, the magnetosphere. Ian, you're not storm. You don't control the weather. It's just a guess, but I think in a thousand years they'll be like, "Wow, they didn't. They'll be they had no idea. Again. They thought it was just some. That it was just there. They didn't realize." Well, I'll, I'll say this. Look, the simple the simple solution with stories like this is like buildings get struck by lightning all the time and we don't care. Like it's not news. But this one happened to have a mural on it. So all of a sudden we're like, oh, it's a sign. It's an it's an act of God or whatever. Well, I think insurance companies would call it an act of God. You know, so their, their insurance yeah. would pay for it. Whether or not it's actually a sign from some divine creator, I, I'll tell you it's a crazy story. There's like ancient history. Well, um, I mean, was there anything metallic on the – you know, the side there, what, you know, that's what I'm trying to think, like what attracted, or it's like when we, you know, when we take our kids to the, um, you know, the pool, we have a pool that we take them and, but you know, just the other day there was a, you know, there was some thunder 
and it was like okay out of the pool yeah like, just mm-hmm. straight up get out of the pool does it you know come in, we're going to go inside so you know i'm just wondering if there's they, something they've that, got the native american rain dance i mean they believe they could call the rain the ancient chinese warriors ancient, could ancient call societies the rain. around the world believed that there was a direct connection between human action and weather that is, that is i mean un- the butterfly effect hey how about that one all right archangel says first super chat i love the show and everyone on it jack what is your favorite sabaton song and album uh, I mean, my, my favorite song is what is the Winged Hussars, obviously. Uh, favorite hero of an album, probably Last Stand. I'd have to go with that. I'm still just debating whether I want to go see them twice or three times on their <laughs> upcoming tour. Tough call. All right, let's see. Sorta, uh, I can't read your name, but thanks for the super chat. Says, uh, Tim, would you be willing to bring on Edward Snowden, Julian Assange, or Bo Bergdahl? Bring on some, bring on the dissidents. Bo Bergdahl was not a dissident. Who's yeah. Bo, who's Bo Bergdahl? Bo Bergdahl is a guy who deserted and tried to join the, the Taliban. Yeah. Oh. Not great. I definitely would not put him in the same category. Yeah, Snowden, Snowden and Julian Assange I'm familiar with. Bergdahl, not so much. Uh, uh, maybe, I mean, perhaps they meant Manning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Perhaps they meant Chelsea Manning. I was going to say Eli Manning. I'll tell you that the, the Chelsea Manning story is uh, is really interesting because, you know, when, when Chelsea goes into prison, coming out, the entire left-right paradigm was mirrored and completely fractured. Like, WikiLeaks was now the bad guy. So what do you do in that situation where you're like, you're on the left. You're like, go WikiLeaks. I'll support so you. So the, the left is in this weird position where they were like pro-Chelsea Manning, but anti-Julian Assange. Right. Whereas it's like, wait, what? But they together created what, you know, became, you know, the that, biggest that whole, story. That whole Chelsea Manning, Cassandra Fairbanks thing was really twisted stuff. What too. was it? I mean, I, I can't go through the whole story about it, but they were, uh, I'm, I'm, I don't want to speak too much. I'm friends with Cassandra and I don't know exactly what happened, but I think it's just like they were friends because, uh, uh, Cassandra very much supports WikiLeaks and Chelsea, but then Chelsea was Antifa and Cassandra was a Trump supporter. So there was this weird, like, thing that happened. And I guess, Something happened with like Chelsea claiming she was infiltrating the right or something like that. I, I don't know. She showed up to the. I, I was there. Um, it was at the A Night for Freedom in New York City. Um, I actually was the person who made sure that uh, she had a comp ticket and was able to get in. My brother was was manning the door, and I said, "Hey, uh, Manning." Um, and I said, "Hey, just so you know, Chelsea Manning's going to come in. I know there's some, there is some Antifa outside, but you know, just." You know, here's a photo, just so you know. Let me give me a call to make sure everything's cool. And we had, uh, I think we had like BuzzFeed there and a guy who, uh, Charlie Rozelle, who uh, he's now, he was a New York Times writer, now he's like a Substack guy, uh, who was there. And we had a guy from New Yorker who was there. And so suddenly it became this huge thing that, you know, Chelsea Manning's at this event with the new right. And, and then Chelsea. <laughs> well, they didn't say new was, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and then, and then Chelsea had to put out this big, disc, like, oh, no, it was, it was an infiltration operation. Oh, and I was there to, you know, but, find but, out. And it's like, it was a public event. Like we sold tickets. Think about what, what there, was a, there was a lot of people who's, they, they, one day woke up to find that their friends on the left had completely flipped. And I know this firsthand. I know a lot of people have experienced this. And I guess if you are moderately weak-willed, it's brain-breaking. So there's like uh, – I, I, I'm friends with a ton of uh, – or I should say – yeah, I still would consider myself to be friends with a lot of the old hacker community, a lot of these more prominent hackers and things like that. Many, Although mostly it's like kind of broken up quite a bit. 
the the OG hackers from like the the late 2000s, or I shouldn't say OG, but like some of the prominent hackers of that day, anonymous type individuals, telecomics, these people were heavily involved, have stayed true to their principles and are still friends with a lot of people. But a very large sect of the hacker community became authoritarian leftist. And it's really weird. Like at the Hope event, it's called Hackers on Planet Earth. They threw out a guy because he had a MAGA hat on. At first, the security guards were like, we don't care if you have a MAGA hat. Like the hacker community is is subversive anti-establishment. But all of a sudden, like core elements of the hacker community were very much like, oh, EGAD, Trump supporters. Oh, we must support the FBI and the establishment. So you have to imagine there are these people in the early, I, I mean, it's, it's crazy to look back. I love referencing rap news, I think number six, because it was a left wing video praising Julian Assange, criticizing Hillary Clinton and showing Alex Jones as a caricature, by the way, claiming the commie Nazi fascists are coming. Now, I guess Alex Jones has called the fascist. Hillary Clinton was the good guy. Julian Assange was the bad guy. Really amazing to see that 10 years ago, that was the left. Yeah. Now that's the right. If, if I, I, I've been saying this for years. If uh, Juice Media, okay, the Juice Media guys put out a ton of left-wing videos, leftist videos. If they made Rap News today, they would be called far-right fascists. No joke. Go watch Rap News 6. It's hilarious. It's amazing. It's pro-Julian Assange. It's about Cablegate. It's from 2010, I think. Wow. And you can see how the left used to be pro-free speech, anti-Hillary Clinton. And, and wait, wait, there's, there's one you're missing now. Isn't it kind of interesting? And when I, when I talk about this idea of the overstate, right? With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. George W. Bush is suddenly treated as if he's like on this team. They love him when he went they on Ellen. They love him. He goes on Ellen. He does all this different stuff. And it's like we've we've just welcomed him back. This was a guy who I, I'm old enough to remember all of the Bush years, right? I mean, he was Hitler. Yeah. <laughs> he was a Nazi. He was a war criminal. He was the guy who lied and got us into actually did lie to get us in Iraq, by the way. Um, and all, all of these different things. He was the scum of the earth. But, but, but at least, and, and this goes back to my earlier contentions, the Game of Thrones thing, highborn versus the lowborn. And I was just, by the way, up in Southern Maine where the Bushes have their Kenny Bunkport. You know, of course, they're, oh, excuse me. No, no, no. They're from Texas, right? They're from Texas. They don't have a, a big New England hideout where they hang out, even though he's born in Connecticut. Um, they are part of the highborn. They are part of the aristocracy, right? So even though that they, one faction was completely against him, right? He still maintains his prestige, his, and this is, by the way, actual privilege, right? Right, right. We're not talking about like, like, like SJW, uh, you know, well, look, critical look. race theory privilege. This is actual privilege. It's like, you know, you might fight with people in your family, but you don't let, like, you, you could be yelling about how your sister is dumb and she stole your stereo or something. But then when, you know, so the kid at high school insults your sister, you say, don't talk about my That's sister right. that way. That's right. But then right. you go home and say the same thing about her, right? So the highborn very much are like George W. Bush is trash, and then when it comes the highborn versus the, the what was it lowborn is that what the lowborn yeah then all of a sudden they're like leave him alone he's one of us. 
All right, we got one from BlackRock Beacon. He says, Ian, thank you for telling everyone what BlackRock refers to mythologically. Scrying to uncover hidden truth. It's why I used it for my media brand. BlackRock Beacon, you are awesome. And I, I highly recommend if anyone is interested in- Is that what the Obsidian is for? Yeah, this is oh, the BlackRock. There you this go. Is where the, the, scrying, the scrying stone. It's really interesting. It feels- like I, I I use crystal balls as well. This volcanic glass. I don't know, I don't know if it's crystal. I don't think it's crystal. Um, but you can store heat in it. You know, use Reiki. But I mean, it's just I don't know about all that. It is. Oh, you will Reiki. Put it in your palm, dude, oh, okay. and just you just cradle it in your palm. All right. The Civic Nationalist says I think everyone forgets how the 1930s German NSDAP got into power. It wasn't a violent takeover. It was a slow 10 year process to the camps. Everyone should remember that. Not a shot, but thunderous applause. Stay safe, U.S. And I think we're watching that happen. And what did and what did they use? What did they use? They used uh, to pass the Reichstag. It was it was the Reichstag the pro- burning proclamation. Right. It the, was the enabling act. It was an assault on their parliament that they used to say we need to pass these emergency measures. Mm-hmm. They're just just it's just to stop the current insurrection, right? This these playbooks have been played out so many times in the past. You don't need to go back. And I'm not one of those guys who you have to compare everything to the 1930s. But in that one specific instance, you can actually see it was an assault on their capital, which they used to declare emergency. I, I, September 11th, man, they nailed the Pentagon or whatever. The Pentagon got hit by a plane or whatever the story is. Um, and then the Patriot Act got signed. All of our civil liberties. Essentially, that's like the enabling act of the 21st century. And then century. 10 years later, Barack Obama signed the indefinite detention provisions in the National Defense Authorization Act, which allows the U.S. government to effectively rendition anyone, anywhere, for any reason, permanently. So that could be you in your bed at night, just black bagged like Creedy. Yeah, no, and, and, and I'll say this straight up, right? I was a guy who, who joined the intel community. I, I thought, boy, this is, this is the way I'm, sa- I'm saving America. I'm keeping people safe. This is, this is the way to do it, right? Um, you know, you know, we have these powers, we have these tools, but we're, you know, we're, we're using them against the bad guys, right? So we'll not, we would never, you know, we never use this against our own people, right? That'd be crazy, right? Right. So yeah, it's okay that. that the U.S. has these, these problems, or has these powers. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm here to say civil libertarians were a hundred percent right on that, or really anyone who yeah. lived through the Vietnam era or understands the Vietnam era, hundred percent right. All right, Josh Litovsky says we should ask Elon to smuggle Starlinks into Cuba to let the people get the word out to bypass the government censorship. The one issue, currently Starlink are they're they're sat locked, so each individual link can only connect to one satellite. Yeah, it's a bummer. So until they activate the actual satellites, it's it's like they're slowly implementing one at a time. Uh, what they really would need is uh, mesh networks. Um, right. So with with mesh networks, you can set up your own communication sphere. One that the only way the government would be able to get into it is if they have access to your direct mesh network. And if you have encryption that they, that they can't break and you can change that up enough, um, I have no background in this whatsoever from the military, um, that, uh, you know, that essentially they'd be able to get some comms up or, um, like what, what they were doing in Iran. They were essentially setting up like, you know, how we have airdrop, you know, where it's this sort of like Bluetooth enabled communications. They were able to use, I forget what the app was, but it, it now allows you to create a text messaging within, you know, maybe like a hundred meters or so that you can get something across that's not going over any network. All right. Jank Media says, Jack, are you aware of the Fat Leonard scandal from Comlog Westpac? I was stationed yeah, there and worked yeah. with lots of yeah, people 100%. involved. Wild story. What was that? I never forget. I'll never forget the uh, Lady Gaga tickets were part of that. What? what uh, so, oh man, it's it's so hard to break. It's, this a, it's down. a long story. It's it's a super long story, but essentially it comes down. Like, in in the fast way to break it down is essentially that when a ship pulls into port somewhere, 
um, the question of which company. So this this bleeds into that military industrial com- uh, complex, but in terms of not only domestic companies but also international companies. When when a U.S. Navy ship has to pull in somewhere, right? Uh, then okay, who fuels the ship? Where do they get their food? Where do they get um, any any of the supplies? And when you're talking about an aircraft carrier, just one aircraft carrier, that's five thousand people. That is a floating city, right? Not to mention all the other crews that might be on it, contractors, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So who gets the money? How are those contracts done? This is all. This is all called. Uh, this is your sourcing and procurement. So the procurement process for this. Uh, and with Fat Leonard, he was this. I believe it was Malaysian guy who was just bribing the <laughs> hell out of admirals and captains and anyone up and down the chain in that procurement uh, background that to make sure that it was always his people and his companies that got involved. So wow. he got busted and he was, and I always remember that one of the things they used to bribe was like Lady Gaga tickets. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. But it was, it was big. And actually uh, some pretty big name people went down over that. Wow. Logan Culver says Michael Malice is a term for the we. It's the cathedral. <clears throat> Right. So I think I think cathedral is uh, I've I've heard that term as well. Um, I know that he's not he's not the only person who uses that. I just I also think that it's I think it's a bit too esoteric for some people right. to think well you know what uh, cathedral is like a place right and it's, and it's, it's a, you, can it's, go to. you have to kind of understand the history of what what it's referring to in right terms of so the you do need a lot of understanding for that and I Michael's I, a smart guy I don't, I don't get me wrong I I think it's a great term but you get real smart you start getting a bit esoteric but it is a I think it's a little too esoteric and that's why because so. The reason I say overstate is because it's sort of a play off of the deep state, right? Yeah, what's the so, difference? Right, so what is the difference? Right, great example. So the deep state, if you understand that term, that's sort of like that, – that, that typically I think people refer to the, the bureaucracy in, in our government, right? They would refer to that and say, well, this is you know the, the underlings, the sort of the permanent class, the administrative uh, divisions of the U.S. government that originally were supposed to just be subservient to the president in the executive branch – but now have grown, and this is the very Wilsonian idea of an expansive executive where they have just become this own organic state, right? And this is this is the progressive, small p progressive uh, vision for how a state, it's a, it's a very German idea, by the way, that the state would become its own organism that would be self-perpetuating. And it's very similar to the British um, civil service. Um, however, the overstate, that gets into all of these other facets of power, Right, these other nodes of power that all seem to be working in concert with one another. So it, the fact is that it, it goes beyond just what we know as an official government agency or a government body, but all these other nodes of power that are able to then filter in and make these decisions. So when Lina Wen, who's, you know, okay, she's the former president of Parent, Planned Parenthood, but she's not a government uh, official in any capacity, she's not elected in any capacity to anything. And yet she has power. I, she so, has influence. So Zuckerberg, not deep state, overstate. Overstate. And, and because in, in a very real sense, they are supranational, like supra. They are above the state. Like All right. German would be Uberstadt. James Nelson says, schism occurred in 2008 with election of Obama. Anyone who opposed his policies was labeled racist by MSM. One, uh, let's see, Tea Party formed to push back. First time cons stood up, called racists, Trump elected, deplorables. I could say it goes back to 2000 when you literally had this legal battle over the presidency and people were like, not my president. And they were fighting. George George W. Bush got in and they screamed. He was Hitler and all this other stuff. Remember and selected, not elected. Yeah, that was the big that was a big yeah. refrain. Selected, hail to the hail to so the thief. The important to thing the to understand thief. is this all actually goes back to um, everything can be traced back to one simple thing. Thomas Jefferson saying that 
the revolution needed the support of South Carolina and Georgia. Thus, he removed the anti-slavery statements from the Declaration of Independence. And then from there, you ended up with conflict between northern states and southern states. And then the parties became the Democrats and the Republicans, which ultimately formed basically the Democratic Party existed. They were the Democratic Republicans. But then the Civil War starts. We've basically never left the Civil War. If you really look at the policies, the conflict, the political divisions and the parties, it's like it's it's all uh, even in terms of parties, not in terms of regions. What I mean, no, 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 no. This is not meant to be some profound statement. It's basically just everything is derivative of something. You know what I mean? When they're like, oh, it all started here in 2008. It's like 2000. And you go back to Clinton. Why did, why did Clinton get elected? Why did, you know, Reagan get elected? And remember Clinton, and this is something that I think a lot of people miss when they talk about Clinton. He was a Southern governor. That's right. right? Arkansas. Arkansas. Yep. Right. And you now Hillary, remember, well, I don't have to move down to Little Rock, you know, <laughs> um, you know, but that, that he was a, because so he was seen as, and, and, you know, I, I don't know if people are going to get hit me, hit me on this, but he was more of a centrist president, um, particularly after the 1994 uh, revolution because Newt, Newt Gingrich basically made him be more of a centrist, balanced the budget, uh, pushed for uh, particularly conservative or so you would say social conservative issues of the day. Uh, Tipper Gore was pro censorship. You know, uh, right. she was she was censoring. Remember um, parental guidance stickers on all of your CD cases, and, and you knew if you got the parental guidance one that that was the good one. That was the good version. Oh, yeah. That was the one you wanted. All right, right. Eric. That, was, that was Democrats. That was all Democrats. And Al Gore of Tennessee. Yeah. You know, I, right. I fully agree with this uh, Obama thing. I was thinking this while we were talking about it earlier. I had a lot of friends that were, like, ready to be radical to overturn this corrupt system in 2007. And then Obama came. We were like, this is the guy. He's going to let us do it. He's not going to stop us. It wasn't Obama. It was George W. Bush I think being it, selected. But when, when Obama was in... There was a moment where I realized he was got co-opted when he was, like, Trans-Pacific Partnership. And other people didn't see it. And those people went on to become now this crazy. Wasn't, wasn't there an interview like right when Obama won the Senate seat? He was asked if he was going to run for president. And he was like, uh uh-huh, you know, maybe yeah. or something like that. Yeah. With 2000, there was a split in the country fairly evenly. W. Bush won. Half the country said this is BS. Bush got us involved in a bunch of wars. And then they were like, Obama is that revolution. And then Al, Al Gore would have got us involved in the exact oh, same. Oh, of course, of course, of course. Exact same. I, I always laugh when people say, oh, Bush would no. Al Gore would have machine, done the exact You don't think it was Cheney? You think it was bigger, deeper? I, I think it was way. It's the machine, way, bro. Right. You can't. It's 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 tempting to want to try to pin this on like one person, but it's it's not right. These, these are power. The these are power machines. These are power machines. All right, Aaron says, Jack, you convey what's happening so simply. The value of that cannot be overstated. I just dropped a podcast on how the left is dividing us in two separate nations with separate flags and anthems. Can I get a shout out? For Into the Fray podcast. Hey, there you go, buddy. I, I completely agree. You know, the flags um, situation is, that's, that's, I mean, that's a direct blow, right? Um, you can now go, and when you see houses and they have an American flag, there is a greater <coughs> chance that that will be a Republican uh, or at least a veteran who's who's in that house, right? As And then having other flags, other anthems, right? These are huge problems right. when it comes to national cohesion. Absolutely. Right? That, it would not even have been considered when I was growing up in the 90s. It wouldn't have even been – it was beyond the pale to even We're there, conceive maybe. of such a thing. All right. Milk Reet says, hey, Tim, any chance of getting Larry Elder or Tiffany Meyer on the show? Also, what would you rate the Epoch Times and NTD News credibility-wise? Um, not super familiar with, uh, uh, I, I've read uh, a decent amount of Epoch, uh, uh, it's an Epic Times. Epoch, and I think so. Epoch? 
Are you sure? It's They've not been. epic. That's how you spell epic for like the I, epics of yeah, history. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's epic because there's a commercial where they call it, they themselves call it epic times. I see, Buck. Yeah. Um, the articles I read from them have been fairly good, but I know NewsGuard says they're, they're, they're fake news, but not that NewsGuard is the end all be all. The articles I've seen from them have actually been I've, pretty decent. I've been reading, so when I lived in China all those years ago, um, it was about 15 years, and I would say, like, I, I want to learn more about the CCP. I want to learn more about just just from a historical standpoint, right? And I would and I'd go to Chinese sources, and it would all be pro CCP. And then I would say, all right, well, let me let me read some Western newspapers and see what they're talking about. And that was all pro CCP. And I was digging around. So there's got to be somebody who's just talking about like, where's all that stuff I learned about in history class? Where's the the massacres of Chairman Mao and the Great Leap Forward and all these other things? Epoch Times. Yeah, I, I found them 15 years ago, and I was reading them and saying, yeah. like, they were the only ones who were actually just telling the truth. Interesting. All right. Lamer says, the scariest thing about societal collapse is that there is no coming back. There are no energy sources that can fuel an industrial civilization that can that can be reached without modern technology. We fall and we don't get back up. I don't necessarily agree. I think typically what you see with societal collapse is that many of the, the knowledge persists and the construct. Uh, well, I'll put it blunt. After the, the Black Plague, when most of the population got wiped out, the knowledge of the technology they had remained, and they were able to then implement that, and then they flourished, and there was a renaissance and things like that. Although the Romans, when the empire fell apart, a lot of that technology was lost. A lot of like the, how to build That's aqueducts and, and sewage and all the that. The underwater cement. And we had like interesting. The, the dark ages came I was actually – I was at this uh, uh, this sort of like off-the-book summit recently with um, some pretty high-level people, and this one guy um, – he said, you know, looking at things the way I look at things is it's it's kind of interesting where it seems like all the people who are in power now, like it's like they've been handed the keys, but not the instruction manual. Yeah. And the instruction or the memo, like just put like each generation is supposed to write a memo to the next generation. Or that sort of history of like presidents writing letters to their successors or, or in like National Treasure. They have the president's book. You remember that's like a big like the secrets of the country. But it's almost like the memo got lost. And so the people who are in control now just have no clue what they're doing. They, they've lost. Right. They've lost the memo. The memo yep. got lost I, somewhere. I think in it's because we're putting people in power by popularity contests. We're getting a bunch of idiots in power. No, it, it's just because they people like them. Yeah, but it's an elite club who who's able to run. You know, right, right. But I mean, that's there's there's the politicians and then there's the people in power. Oh, yeah. Chris Adkins says, I have to know. How do you feel about Crowder's change my mind? I have never once seen him demand that someone sit down. Only willing participants. It's an excellent show. It's very smart. I think he originally called it Real Conversations. Great meme. Just great, then, hands down a great yeah. meme. Yeah. Total, uh, total we, breakout meme. Love it. I, I wanted to do something, and I think we will, something akin to like Real Conversations. The goal is to interview regular people out in these different cities, not to change their minds or ours, but to literally be like, what do you think about these things? And then just show like find someone who's conservative, like left, right, and independent, and then just have them like generally talk and do a podcast where it's like, so how do you feel about this? Wow, interesting. How do you feel about that? And just kind of keep it real, keep it raw. I'd love to do that, but maybe, you know, and then at the end I'm like, okay, but did you realize that the one that you picked was a MyPillow? (laughs) (laughs) It was more comfortable. All right. Hexmayer says, hey, Tim, ham radio operator here. Cuba is actively jamming the 40-meter frequency band right now. Not only did they kill the internet, but actively affecting worldwide communications to stop info. What? That's crazy. Yeah, my, my dad was a big CB guy uh, growing up. And so, you know, you know, he always showed us how to do that. We had the big antenna on the roof. Um, and then it, it, back then it was like 
hey, I'm talking to a guy in Norway. I'm talking wow. to a guy in Jamaica, you know, and be able to. And that idea of you can be able to get a whole. I'm driving around, you know, truckers and stuff like that. But the idea of being able to, like, it, he instilled in me that the importance of being able to have communications and have that network that, and radio is, is just out there, right? It's not something that anyone can, unless you jam it, right? You if, jam, if you have yeah. state, you'd need state power to be able to do something like that. Yep. Um, but for the most part, and you can go do another channel, but you have to get everyone on that yep. channel to find it. But it's that idea of, you know, in any societal collapse type situation, that these are the types <clears throat> of communication. My, hello, my, dad, my dad was actually a Y2K guy. Do you, we're gonna, we were my looking at getting a Y2K guy. like a uh, ham radio or like a shortwave radio or something. But I was looking at them. There's a huge array of them cost-wise too, up to like 20 grand. You can see these massive, do you, do you have any experience? Do you think, or if anyone out there knows and wants to give me some advice on twitter which one should i get because we could like encode we can encode what our frequency band is you know if 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 it really hits the fan i will i will talk to my dad and we'll set it up all right everybody thanks for hanging out smash that like button subscribe to this channel share the show with your friends you can follow us on facebook and instagram at timcast irl we uh we got deleted from tiktok briefly all our videos were deleted Yep. And then I tweeted, LOL, TikTok deleted all our videos. And then a few minutes later, after tweeting it, they put them all back up. Seconded. What did you say? <laughs> We're so sorry. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, it just reappeared after I tweeted about it. I wonder if what really I don't know I don't know what happened I I really yeah. don't correlation is not causation eh, well they all the videos are just gone so think about so wait, wait, wait the videos are gone or the all, account was gone? no no the account was there all the videos were gone wow and then I tweeted about it and then a few minutes or after that like a half an hour just they all came back could have been a bug never know no it, just it, a it, glitch they were, they were gone Poole. for a few hours just a glitch and Mr. when another account we had tried to test upload similar content it was also removed. Yeah, and other content on the site was available. Still? I think it was. I think because I tweeted about it and it created a stink, and people started saying "woo," and you know, some people were like, "We're going to write about it. We'll see what happens." Then all of a sudden, it comes back. They said what? They said they said "woo." They, oh yeah, like, Woo. <laughs> they said "woo." Yeah. Uh, anyway, anyway, follow write that down. <laughs> follow me at Timcast. Yeah, um, people are like, "Why are you on TikTok?" Because we go where the culture war is happening. Yeah, it's like if if there's a culture war happening, we'll send the message. It's kind of interesting when people are like, "Yeah, but you know, TikTok is Chinese. Like, why would you? Or it's China. Like, why would you want to go? It's a communist party on that platform." I'm like, if we have people in China who are pro freedom or Hong Kong, don't we want to send them messages and let them know what's happening? Guess who's listening if- to you on Google. And I, yeah, I know and everything right? else. It's like, so, okay, look, the CIA gets you here. MSS gets you there. But we're just trying to make sure that we're not going to be like, I refuse to engage in this area because it's controlled by this group. Well, n- no, let's flood the, flood the zone with smack talking the Chinese Communist Party. That's fantastic. Yes. So anyway, follow me personally at TimCast. And of course, we do the show Monday through Friday live. We're going we're gonna to have a bonus segment up at TimCast.com. So go become a member. You want to shout anything out, Jack? Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I, I plug my pillow a whole bunch. We actually are doing some, <laughs> uh, we actually are, do have a page up. So mypillow.com slash poso. Um, we're going to be putting just exclusive deals up there. One cool thing I actually got my son. Um, it's Bible stories. So if you're someone who's Christian, um, it's just Bible stories for kids. It's like a little pillow. Um, we got him Jesus. There's also, there's like Noah, Daniel Lyons, just a bunch of cool different things. And then for all latest news, updates, etc., it's humanevents.com. Ton of stuff coming out. Working on a scoop 
that I can't get into too much right now. I was like halfway done it. Uh, so I think I'm probably going to finish it in the morning, but it has to do with the Department of Justice and inner city crime and what they are teaching people from the highest levels of the DOJ and the White House about this. Right on. Well, times may be confusing, but we can do this together as humans. We're extremely innovative. Technology is at our fingertips, so let's use it. And if you want to get a piece of obsidian, I highly recommend it. It's not like any other stone I've ever held in my hand. I really like it. But you, hey, know, and, you know, in Game of, of Thrones, uh, obsidian is like the main uh, mystical. Really? You know, it's it's what kills the White Walkers and oh, the others. But they don't call it obsidian. Dragon they call it glass. dragon glass. Yeah, right. Dragon right, glass. Right. Love it. So get your piece of dragon glass. Follow go. me at Ian Crossland. Love. You guys may follow me on Twitter at Sour Patch Lids as I attempt to have more followers than uh, Sour Patch Kids. I just want to say to all you people questioning why we're on places like YouTube and TikTok, we are there because we're attempting to draw people to our site, which is our attempt to combat on the culture wars like playing field yep. to get them off those sites and to get into our, our own uh, site. But yeah, you guys are welcome to follow me on Twitter at SourPetchlets. Jesus said, go where the sinners are. That's right. We will see all of you at TimCast.com. Thanks for hanging out. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.